Yo, welcome to another edition of the Speaker Geeker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve-O Steve. I got my brethren with me once again, the triple threat, the death triangle, if you watch wrestling. If you not watch wrestling, you know who the death triangle is. Uh, but today, we actually got a cousin of the show, and instead of the death triangle, we're going to be the four horsemen today. There it is. Okay, there we go. Another wrestling reference. So, without further ado, of course, my dog Tommy T is in the building. What's boy G is in the building, and yeah. we got Stan Dingo in the building. Ladies, keep <laughs> your shirts on. I know that just threw you all for a loop, and you can talk to him <laughs> later about that. But <laughs> don't let my wife hear that. Don't let my wife right. hear that. Oh, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> you gonna see that door behind me? <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh, got a warner, brother, man. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Stan Dingo. Goes wife. Uh, <laughs> uh, without further ado, today's episode is a special one because we are talking about a topic that the source actually put out. I think the source originally put out the article. And uh, I think it kind of, uh, I think it kind of went wild on social media. Yeah, uh, I know when I saw it on Instagram, it was from the source. I don't know if anyone. I else saw it from it. a rap caviar tweeted. Saw it. Rap caviar. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it kind of took legs and went everywhere, so I don't know exactly where it originated, but we're talking about the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop during the 2010s. Uh, and currently, what they had on the on the photo was Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick Lamar, and then they said, alright, who will be the fourth one? So today, that's what we're going to be discussing, going to have some cool barbershop talk, we're going to kick it, we're going to laugh, uh, of course, we're going to bring you the news with Tommy T, and we're going to bring you what's in your speakers with G, and you know, you know how it goes, so hop in, enjoy this ride, and if you're catching us on YouTube, please, 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 there's a little bell there, right there, it's, it's a bell, it's, it looks like a bell, and you can push it and it'll, it'll, I think it'll turn red. So it's pretty easy to do. That way you can catch everything we got going on on 3M Media, Speaker Geekers, Mother's Milk, uh, Let's Discuss, whenever we record that, uh, and also August Love Story, yeah. uh, as well as uh, any reviews and stuff we got coming out because we're doing a lot of little one-off things. But yeah. uh, if you're catching us on your favorite podcast platform, please, 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 Subscribe so you don't miss an episode because uh, there's a lot of episodes that y'all probably missed, but y'all might not have missed, but it's some cool episodes because I think we did something kind of similar to this once before somewhere in there, yeah. so you can catch that. Last week, I believe. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah it was a nice <laughs> one last week. <laughs> so without further ado, man, let's hop into it, man. How y'all weeks been? Man, the week's been good, man. Three-day weekend this weekend. Grilled yeah. already twice. Damn. Yeah, I had to clean off the grill, and of course, cleaning off the grill, I got to throw something on that. I was like, might as well. Yeah, right. Is <laughs> <laughs> the grill hot? Hey, man, let me just go on in. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let me just throw something on here. So I did a little hamburgers and brats, and then you know, next day, chicken and ribs, man. So yeah, gotcha. I saw a photo of them ribs. Bro, so you did a mustard base. A mustard. A, I used a mustard binder, and then usually I just use uh, olive oil binders um, on my reels. But I was just like, so many people have talked about using mustard as a binder, and I never tried it. Um, and you can't taste the mustard, man. So hold up, hold up. For the people that that don't grill as often, 
You said a binder? binder. It's not a base, but a binder. A What's binder. A binder. It, it basically helps the seasoning stay on the meat. Uh, oh, so it's still it's the same thing. Yes, yeah. basically. I, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Tommy, question for you. Did, did you like the did you like the mustard over the olive oil? Because I feel like olive oil still works better. I I think uh I like olive oil. Um but I couldn't taste the mustard. No, you so, can't taste it at all. So it. it's it's I don't like I like olive oil a little bit better because of um it's not it's like mustard has the smell and then uh-huh. you see all this stuff from like putting it on. Like I <laughs> I massage my meat. It sounds crazy saying that, but I massage Mo- me. Most men do. Right. At least all today. Right. You ain't right. said nothing new, man. We already know. Keep going. <laughs> but uh, you know, just oh. to clean up in it, man, it is it's uh it's a little bit better with the oil. Um and stuff, man. So, um, which sounds crazy saying because all this like gets everywhere once it starts going. But um, yeah, like I personally like olive oil, but I can see myself using mustard. Um, because we usually have a lot of mustard around. So, but yeah, that was the first time I used it that way. Um, I got kind of carried away this uh yesterday with with my stories talking about the smoke color. And then <laughs> the yeah. temp gauge and all this stuff. And man, it was just crazy. Like, ain't nothing wrong with that. Nah, that's that, that, that smoke talk, man. That smoke talk. You, you, look, we can shift this into a whole nother podcast. Right. And we can go into it. Look, we can talk, we can talk about, we can talk about some grilling, man. Man, some grilling man. Nah, it's just, it's just, man, that's like, you know how some people like to fish and just be cool and fishing. Like grilling, bro. It's it's like I'm in a Zen mode, you know. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part is, I love to learn like from other people, like different techniques and stuff like that. Man, it's it's so much fun, man. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so for, for everybody who's listening and wondering why we ain't talking about music, why we're talking about grilling, it's because by the time y'all hear Memorial Day would have passed. So <clears throat> happy Memorial Day and. Yep. Uh, Shouts to everyone who is eating leftovers, because I know y'all are. Y'all eat yep. a lot of leftovers. Better not be eating no leftovers from Friday. I tell you that you're gonna be sick. Uh-huh. All right, sick, sick. But <laughs> without further ado, Look, yo, I had to think about it. Was I still looking at, like eating leftovers from Friday? <laughs> this I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be quiet because depending, <laughs> depending on the food, depending right. on how it was prepared, some there's there's different dates for when you can keep eating food depending yeah. on what the food is. I'm just gonna oh, put yeah, that yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, you definitely gotta pay attention to that. Uh, G, what's going on over there in Houston, man? Man, nothing, chilling. Uh, <laughs> this is like the last week of work because uh, you know the kids get out of school and stuff. So the kids got out this past Thursday, um, but I got to keep working up till this upcoming Thursday, and then we out for the summer, and um, we don't got to go back until I think the end of July. So I've been doing that and then preparing for this trip because we're gonna head up to Seattle to see my younger sister graduate. Um, we leaving out of here next Saturday. So okay, okay. we're going to be out there for a couple of days. I think we staying through Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be there for a little minute. 
<clears throat> outside of that, man, ain't nothing going on. We over here chilling. Um, it's three day weekend, like Tommy said. I ain't cooked nothing because I ain't got a damn grill. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just been chilling, right? We uh, we went over to some friend's house the other day, and uh, we played some Uno, uh, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And and everybody do got different rules. I'm telling <laughs> it, it get on my nerves because I like to play triples and doubles and trains. Tommy got a stack, but we got a triples and doubles. Yeah. Uh, and so like stacking them just up, and they were like, "No, nah, we can't. Uh, we can't do trains. We can't do trains. You can't do no sequence." I'm like, "Nigga, this shit gonna make it boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gonna be sitting here all day waiting on you to lose." <laughs> it's it's got to be a quick game, so you got to yeah. add them extra things in. You got to make it quicker because then when you have more people involved, it makes the game go fast. Right, and it's also more exciting for when you stack up them draw twos and draw fours and all that shit that the Uno people said you really can't do. Yeah, so <laughs> but that's pretty much it, man. We ain't been doing shit around here. Word. Hey, you know anybody in Seattle that work at the Nike Factory up there? Hell no. He's gonna be like, I thought I had to throw that in there real quick. I ain't that connected. He was like, I'm gonna give you a few dollars, man. Yeah. You better, you better off hollering at somebody that uh, catching that stuff off the trains in Memphis. Right. Most Tennessee folks get their Nikes. Look, I still know that story to this day. I'm like, man, crap. Shout out to the South Memphian too. Uh, I just got um, my homeboy Money Mark. It was that's his homeboy, and he get all the shoes. So I, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm on his page. So checking him out. So shout out to him too, uh, as well as OG Boot Dirty. Um, yo, so I know you're gonna be listening to a lot of music. So on the way. So how about we get into it, G? You ready? All right, then, man. Let's do it. Um, let's just talk about what we've been listening to this week, man. Um, I know. First of all. I wanted to shout out to Steve, man, for putting me on this. Uh, is it Masego? Is that how you say his name? Masego. Masego. Bro, this junk is fire. This study, studying the broad extended stay. I had that jump playing while I was in here making some salmon the other day. That shit was amazing. I was like, this is perfect fucking vibe for what I'm doing right now. Cooking up my goddamn salmon and my broccoli and my rice and my corn. Why this nigga just talking about being off in a different world, bro. That shit was great. Um, I also listened to, I think it's Mariba. And it's, I don't know if it's Azeb or A-Z-E-B, but everything is fucking capitalized. So I don't know how she wanted me to read that. Um, but I listened to that. That's another good little vibe and app right there, or EP. Um, I have to listen to it again. But I know right now my favorite song out for there is Ryder. Um, and I'll be getting back to that. Um, then I also listened to the new DMX, uh, Exodus. I got a chance to listen to that. Um, I can't remember what was like my favorite off there. Um, I was sitting there sending it in the Slack to Tommy and shit. Mm -hmm. And I forgot what the fuck song it was. It was, uh, damn, I gotta try to find it right quick. It was, uh, all right. I think it is. Hood blues, that's what it is. Yeah, hood blues. And then everything after that, I, I, I like that little sequence. So it was like hood blues, then take control, and then uh, walking in the rain, and it kind of ends out with like his more um, touching type stuff. But it's just, mm. it's just DMX, man. It's what I expected. It's exactly what I expected. You had some features on there, a bunch of damn features. Um, I did like the features with uh, Jay Z and Nas on there. Mm. But from something that I read, they said that was recorded for a song that, or Recorded previously, uh, 
like mm-hmm. way early. Like um, but I still liked it. Yeah, I still liked it though. Um, and then Moneybag Yo was on there, and I was just like, "How did she have?" Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that was just, that was my only question. It was like, "How did this even come into existence?" Um, but I listened to that, and then I also uh, was sitting there eating dinner the other day, and I was listening to Mary J. Blige, "My Life" album, and I don't even remember why, but I got into it and uh, started listening to that. Me and Alice sitting here listening to it, and I was playing uh, that CD and. Something else we was listening to that day as well. But it's not coming up right now. Maybe I didn't play it. But that's pretty much it. That's my week, man. Cause I like I said, it, it's just been a it's been a busy week wrapping shit up at work. And so I haven't had a chance to really listen to nothing because I've been just busy moving around. And this ain't like my normal work where I'm sitting down writing a report and shit, not gonna mm-hmm. listen to music. This is the get up and move files from location to location and shit. And I'm like, bro, I'm tired of this shit. But uh, <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna be doing this week too, is just wrapping shit up with fire. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's kick it off. We're gonna do it in reverse today. Steve, we're gonna start with you, man. Uh, what oh. you been listening to this week, man? Go ahead, pull out the scroll. Right. All right, man. The scroll might not be this long this week, but, but I'll try. We uh, heard that before. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. Um, heard yeah. that before. <laughs> okay. okay, my bad. Uh, so, uh, and then make sure I say his name right too. Uh Masego, uh, uh definitely, definitely listen to that. And it's crazy because I took a risk on listening to it because I just saw it and the album cover was just screaming out. And you know, it's this guy that's just in this mauve suit just looking at you in the wilderness. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I just feel like this gonna be a vibe for some reason. So I hit it, study abroad, and we found out real quick it was. Uh, so I'll be, I'm gonna go back, listen to some more stuff from him, and just kind of see where he's coming from. But I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, from there, I finally gave that Benny the Butcher 38 special a true listen. Trust the uh, Sopranos, yo. I mean, it's just classic Benny, man. I, I love Benny. Benny be going, but 38 special. I'm really beginning to dig him, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else he got. Uh, I don't really have a favorite song on it yet, but you know, we'll see. Uh, yo, Exodus, DMX. Uh, look here. As y'all know, I am a DMX fan. And I'll be honest, I I enjoyed the album, but I felt, but I did feel it was just too many features. And I just feel like X wouldn't have that many. But understanding the circumstances, I think they wanted to get this done. But it's not bad, but it's not, you know, it, it just, it's cool. Um, Hood Blues. Definitely one of the hardest songs on there, uh, in my opinion. But I, I'll be honest, uh, Letter to My Son is probably my favorite, um, favorite one on there, as well as Walking the Rain. Uh, just like, just like G said, Money Bag showed up on here, and I just didn't understand it. I was completely confused, and my like my whole system went off like error, error, error. Like why, like why is he on here? <laughs> but nevertheless, man, shout out to Money Bag, yo. I was actually on his live, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm on that new X legend," you know. Yeah. and I was like, "Oh, Red, it has to be amazing, though." I like, mean, it has to yeah. be like, or like from his standpoint, you know. Yeah, uh, I I think so because I mean, the song's not bad either. It's just, nah, it's not. It's just a weird combination, but uh-huh. the fact that he's on there, uh, I think that's a big look for him. I think it's a major look for him actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Uh, of course, the song with Nas and Jay. Um, 
from what I was rumored, it was recorded back in 2016, but it didn't get released. And now we finally got it. And I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. I, I'm just going to be honest, but, it, um, but yeah, just, a, just a lot of features. That's my only thing yeah. about it, but given the circumstances, I mean, we got what we got. Um, yeah. from there, I decided to check out this one album and I'll be honest, I thought it was something else and it turned out to be something else. Uh, fire in little Africa. Uh, if y'all have a chance, go check that one out. I'll be honest, when I saw the album cover, I was like, hey, this might be something with Toby on it. But all it says is uh, Fire in Little Africa, so I wasn't sure. Uh, kind of like that whole Jeezy situation with uh, with uh, Boston George and Diego. Mm-hmm. And you don't know Jeezy is Diego. <laughs> but So I clicked on it. I was like, man, this looks like this might be kind of cool. But it turns out it's just Fire in Little Africa is this big, I think it's like a compilation yeah. album and of a lot of uh this is a lot, lot of people, people. yes <laughs> god <And> damn <laughs> yes a lot and i was thoroughly surprised man it's it's a lot of it's 21 records so if you can you might want to listen to it in in sections but uh man i enjoyed it and i got a great vibe from it um i think man y'all give it a listen let me know let me know if i was if i'm reaching or not but i I kind of enjoyed it. It was kind of cool. Uh, it is a lot of people on there, though, but it was pretty cool. A lot of people I've never heard of either, so that was something interesting um, from there. Uh, and I don't have a favorite song off of that yet. I'm still kind of getting through it, but yeah. we'll see. Maybe next week i have one. Uh, from there, I'll be honest, this might be... I, I went back to 42 Doug and, and, and Shicey Season Spring Deluxe. Yo, that's, that's Shicey Season Spring Deluxe. It just... I don't know. Pooh Shice is becoming, he's becoming a, a man, he, he got something. I'm, I'm, but we got to see what the follow album does. Uh, and then, of course, listen at 42 Doug, Freedom Boys, just kind of enjoying 42 Doug. 42 Doug, dope. Anyway, but uh, two Memphis rappers doing their thing, man. From there, um, man, I want to hear some side of Prince. I, it was just random. And I was like, oh, what's I been? So I listened to No Dope on Sunday. I don't know why. I feel like they added a song, but I don't think so. Um, I don't know why I thought Amen was uh, was not the original intro. But of course, man, it's No Dope on Sunday. It's No Dope on Sunday. If you've heard that album, I really wish we got more from Sahada Prince, but I know mm-hmm. he's just like writing a lot of music. But, you know. I, I wish we really do did get more uh, from him. And I hope he's doing well ever since that whole car jacking, shooting, no shoes, running out the woods thing that happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's doing all right. Um, from there, I felt real springish. And I know we talked about it last year, but the song 2 Chains Moneymaker, I really feel like I wish he would have released it this year. Cause I think, you know, we coming on the backside of the whole pandemic. Yeah. And like, I think we're going to get a couple homecomings. I feel like it's perfect now for that record. Um, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, you know, it's two chains, man. Um, and from there I got on a future binge. So I never really listened to high off life. Like I never really just gave it an actual chance. And then I sat down and I actually listened to it mm-hmm. and man, it's slapping. I've, I don't know why I completely missed this album, but I think at that point I was just kind of tired of hearing uh, Future and the singles he was putting out was kind of like, 
you know, like it was on his future Hendrix type of deal. It was kind of like, okay, I don't know if he's rock star or if he's rapper future, but from there, um, Hive Life, uh, this new single he got with Hot Boy, Hot Boy and Future, Nobody Special. I checked that one out. It was cool. And then I went back to one of my favorite mixtapes from him, Streets Calling uh, by Future. And, and really, man, that, that, uh, that actually rounded out my week. Okay, man. Okay. See, you ain't disappointed, bro. It's okay. You didn't disappoint. You did your thing. Right. Uh, Stanley, bro. What you been listening to this week, man? What's you been up? What's up, man? Uh, so, in 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 light of the the debates that's been going on on our Facebook group, I, I also went back and listened to uh, Crit, man. I went back and listened to uh, his last few albums. The only one I didn't go back and listen to was my favorite album of of, of Crit, is which is Returning Forever. Yeah, uh, that. that Man, that to me, I know it's technically a mixtape. And if you consider it a mixtape, that to me is top five mixtape of all time. Like mm-hmm. it, it just, it, it is album as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's the only one I didn't listen to only because I was mainly streaming music on, on Spotify and that's not on there. And I didn't feel like switching my Bluetooth over to my other phone. Yeah. Shout out to two chains, Titty two phones is what they call me in the streets. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw, I went back and listened to a lot of crit. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mad because I forgot to go check out Mariba's album and I love Mariba. She is so dope and, yes. and consistent uh, yes. with, with everything that she's come out with recently. It's just been on the money. Her features have been great too. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't believe y'all just now catching on to Masego. Masego was dope. When you go back and listen to that Lady Lady album that came out in 2018, Oh man, you are not going to be let down if you like if you like what what you heard so far. Lady, lady was slept on, and that album is fire. Like Masego, I saw him in concert. puts on He's a cocky dude, but he puts on a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, big fan of him. So shout out to Masego. Y'all was talking about him. So yeah, that's that's one of my favorite artists, uh, newer artists. Um, you know, I haven't been listening to uh, outside of Crit. I listen to a lot of my own playlists and I know that sounds like, uh, you know, sniffing my own Kool-Aid or whatever, but you know, I, you know, you listen to an album and you get one or two songs on there. You like on most albums, right? You can't listen to the whole thing. And I'd be like, when I listen to music, a lot of times it's to, coordinate with with whatever I'm doing. I'm riding in a car, I'm yeah. cleaning, I'm cooking. So if I if you so so sometimes I listen to stuff to give it a listen. And usually that's in the car. It's something about in the car that especially the hip hop albums, they just they they feel different. You listen to them in your speakers in the house, it's cool. You get in the if I don't like an album at first, it's like, you know what, let me get in the car yeah. and ride with this and then see how it feels. So if I'm not riding in a car and I'm at home, I usually want something that's going to give me a vibe. I don't have to worry about going back and skipping and be like, what the hell is this? And, then, and skip it to the, I can't stand that. When you doing something, your hands wet because you, 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 you trying to put muscle, you, you know what I'm saying, you massaging your meat like Tommy be doing. <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't got time to be trying to switch songs. I needed to go to the next song and be dope. So yeah. I, and and so like I've, I've been listening to my playlist, man. I got a playlist um, for like, I'm an 80s person. I love 80s music. I feel like 80s is the greatest decade of music. So I have a, a, a 
a playlist dedicated to nothing but 80s tracks, Mo- you know, mostly uh, R&B, uh, some hip hop in there, but just all my favorite 80s tracks. So I, I ain't going to bore y'all with, 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 with all the names that's on that playlist. But if you need to listen to some good 80s music, I got you. I also, I like making playlists. So um, if for every once in a while, summer comes around with a lot of good music. I think this summer is going to be interesting. It's starting to heat up as far as dropping tracks. Last summer had a lot of really good music come out between like the end of May all the way through like September. Some great summer tracks came out. So every once in a while, I make a summer playlist. And 2020 had a great summer list. And 2018 had some fire tracks. That summer, I don't know if y'all remember 2018. Yes. Look, I, I'm on, I, look, Buddy, I don't know if y'all, yeah. y'all mess with Buddy. Yeah. Buddy, would, his, he had that album that came out around that time. So he had some tracks on there. Masego was on my summer 2018 list for his Lady Lady album. Uh, man, Toby Lou. I don't know if y'all know Toby Boss. Boss album came out in 2018. That tribe with J. Cole, one of my mm-hmm. favorite J. Cole yeah. features. Mm-hmm. Uh Mac Miller, that swimming album. That's 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 summer 2018. The list goes on. So I was listening to summer 2018 and summer 2020 most of the weekend because me and my wife been kicking it. We've been drinking. <laughs> and eating all types of food. We just like made huge brunches and I've been grilling. So we just been like chilling out on the porch. So I needed like good vibes. So it was mostly like outside of the crit, I was mostly listening to my summer playlist. And then when we was cleaning, that's when you hit the eighties, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you, you gotta yeah. have that Luther, you gotta have that, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta have that, uh, that cameos, you know, that old school stuff while you're cleaning up, man. So that's, that's where that eighties that playlist came in. But that, that's yeah. mostly it, man. Okay, okay. I agree with you on that uh, summer 2018. I actually think 2018 was one of the best years for hip-hop music in like the past 10, 15 years. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it's really, really Mm -hmm. good. Just packed. I'm still discovering music from 2018 that I didn't know existed. Um, I'm like, damn, this shit came out too? Damn. But uh, yeah, definitely. Tommy, what you been on, man? Well, I ain't gonna hold you long. I ain't gonna hold you long. Man, yeah, for a I, good time, not a long time. Right. <laughs> I must say, Stanley's playlists are like they be on point. Like I, I like spot he'll put them on Spotify and you just be like, you can't find anything to listen to. Go to yeah. Stanley's playlist. And you'll be. I, I put. I, I put. I put a playlist in the chat, man. I put yeah, it in the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, but I've been on. It, it, I listened to DMX Exodus. Um, I didn't finish it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> like I, I don't look like it's. A, it's like yeah, the songs is like Bath Salt. The, I think that's the name of the song with uh, yeah, Jay Z and uh, Nas. I like yeah. that song. I didn't too much like the song with Lil Wayne and Swiss Beats. I felt like Swiss Beats was like kind of too much in there. Um, mm-hmm. The song with Money Bag Yo, that was cool. I only made it to uh, Hold Me Down with Alicia Keys. So that's what five songs into it. Um, you know, it was necessary for it to come out. Everybody been waiting on the DMX uh, album to come out and everything. So I appreciate that. Oh, and Hood Blues, I listened to that as a single. That was super straight. But um, you know, that's that's what it was, man. It's just a we appreciate 
his career. You know, it's going to get listens because it's DMX. Um, what else? Pussy So Good. Um, song by Devin the Dude featuring <laughs> Underboss. Like, names be tripping me out, man. Man, Devin's too good for that shit. Yeah. Ain't he though? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I went back and listened to Money Bag Yo, A Gangsta's Pain, um, Maybach, 42 Doug featuring uh, Future, and I'm probably going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, what else? It was a playlist on title called Cookout. So just to name a few songs, I always like to listen to Summertime when I grill because um, that's the way I feel. Like that's just a big party, you yeah. know, and every time I grill, it's like a party in my head. So um, what else? Candy by Cameo. Like that. that's it's funny. Like on here, they was like uh, like your top music from the month. And Cameo was like number one. <laughs> Damn. And the reason being is we had that discussion about uh, finding out Candy was actually about cocaine. Um, let's see. Let's Groove was on there. Uh, Before I Let You Go, both versions, Beyonce's. Um, and who else? Maze, Frankie, Frankie Beverly and Maze. Um, what else was I listening to? Oh, Juvenile back that ass up. Then I start swag surfing. Bruh, one thing I wanted to say about swag surfing, then I'm done. It's pretty much everything else was in the playlist. Swag surfing came out maybe 2006, maybe 2007. Probably 2007. You know what I'm saying? Let's just say 2007. It's 2021. What's that, 14 years? This song still has the same effect that it had in 2007, bro. You said like, what song again? Swag Surfing. That song came out in like 09. Was it? Yeah, that was yeah. it. 09? Yeah, it, it, like it does not feel like it doesn't. <laughs> Whenever it came out, I was in college, bro. I've been out of college yeah. for a very long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it still has the same effect that yeah, it had yeah, when that's we was in college. It's 2009. Yeah, I think you Yeah, I remember about, the first time uh, I heard the shit. Yeah. yeah, I think you're thinking more of a party like a rock star. I, I am. Yeah, I am yeah. thinking about party like a rock star. That was like 2006. That was 2006, 2007. Yeah. But Swag Surfing has the same effect that it had, yeah. um, you know, then because you, you, everybody knows how to. It's, it's crazy. Let me tell that you song. about this shit. Let me interrupt you right quick. Go ahead. Bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because the first time I heard Swag Surfing, bro, I was in the club in Knoxville off in college and shit. I don't even remember what the fuck the name of the club was. It was somewhere in the old city. Yeah. And, and Iguana. Was it Red Iguana? Maybe. I don't fucking know. I just hopped in the car. But <laughs> I get there and we go inside and shit. And like Swag Surfing came on and it was the first time I had ever heard the fucking horns and shit. But niggas already knew what to do and shit. Right. So I was mad. I was like, what the fuck did I miss? Like, because it just overtook the whole club. Everybody right. knew to start rocking. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And by the by the time the song go off, I'm a pro. I'm, yeah. I'm a pro- professional swag yeah. surfer, nigga. Like, I have a, a fucking uh, surfboard and everything. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize what it was. So every time after that, since then, like you said, it has the same effect. Same. And I think I, I'm glad I experienced it that way the first time and not like hearing it by myself. Because that's not a song you hear by yourself. No, 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 no. Outside in the clubs and shit, man. 
Right. Swag surfing is a is a a, a Negro spiritual anthem. <laughs> there you it go. Is, it, it is on that list. My my favorite part about swag surfing is the swag conductor. Have you seen that person that gets in front of everybody? All right, we we going this way yeah, first. Yeah. We going this way first. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> have it because yeah, you gotta have that because somebody just you know how we do. Somebody mm-hmm. just not paying attention is like completely like rhythm inclined, and they gonna bump into everyone else. Like, bro, we going this way first. We going this way first. <laughs> like, <laughs> and most and time it's a countdown, and most, yeah, like right, three, right. Is two, it's perfect. And and in, I mean, even the song counts down. And it's yeah, like, it don't. They don't say a thing for real. Like, it don't get started. It give you a second to kind of figure out. Okay, we going this way. Cool. Yeah, cool. You're right. <laughs> and before the beat drop and shit, everybody's still trying to get on fucking uh get together and shit. And then once the beat drop, you got to hurry up and be in it. If you're right. not anybody, get the fuck out the way. Get out the way, man. Get out the way. It's funny, man, that y'all bring that up, man, because, like, I don't remember how I learned it, but I remember my version of of it. Like, I yeah. like you know how, like, real surface, I don't know how I figured this part out, but real surface, they got to swim out to the, to the wave. Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck it, man. That little intro part, I'm going to just go swim out to the wave, man. Then when the beat drop, that's when I get on the board, man. Like that shit is it's like all fun, man. It's like it's the dopest thing. And it's cool now you see it at weddings. Like we played it at our wedding. Um and everybody just swag surfing. You see it uh, on on videos now. Little babies be swag surfing. Be like, how they learn that? You know, <laughs> Lily knows how to swag surf, but it was inbred in her, man. It's like you yeah, can't be a child of mine and not know how to swag surf. So, <laughs> but uh, like it's, it's it's one of the coolest songs of my lifetime yeah. to actually see um, do well over the years. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, that that's my list, man. That's uh me this week, man. All right, all right. Go jump into the news, then, man. <laughs> I was getting there. I was getting there. Yeah. Um, Dramatic pause and shit. Right, right, right. I'm just trying to find a spot for myself. That's all. I'm trying to see where we're gonna start at. I'm still trying um, to picture him swimming out to the wave. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, like it's cool. <laughs> like when we're all together, we gonna have the swag surfing. I'll show you how to do it. No, <laughs> <laughs> bro, you get on your way. You get anyway. Anyway, news this week, man. <laughs> I want to start with uh, Naomi Osaka. She was hit with a $15,000 fine for skipping post-match interview for mental, she, for her mental, mental health. Um, I've always liked Naomi Osaka just because of, um, you know, how she, uh, how she embraced Coco Um, that I think it was a year or two ago. Um, Coco, uh, I don't remember her last name, but she was like 15 years old, tennis star, doing amazing. And that's something we had never, and she was a black girl. And that's something we had never seen before. And then uh, she went against Naomi and lost. And instead of Naomi taking the interview, she allowed Coco to interview with her because that's an amazing run for a 15 year old girl to play basically her, you know, her peer. And and somebody she can actually look up to. Um, 
But Naomi uh, really stands for a lot of things and she takes her platform and uses it it for a lot of positive things. So recently she uh, announced prior to the 2021 French Open that she would not be engaging with the press due to mental health concerns and cited how the media has often mishandled questions in their press conferences. What I wanted to ask you guys was... um, how important is mental health? Because I'm going to get to another thing that happened with Kyrie Irving yesterday. How important is it for the media to understand that athletes are still human beings? And how important is it for fans um, to understand that athletes are human beings? And basically what other options do the athletes have? Because a few years ago, we also looked at Marshawn Lynch doing an interview. The only thing he's saying is I'm only here, so I won't get fined. So just wanted to hear y'all opinion about this and everything else. Man, I'm, I'm going to hop in here first because, you know, there, there's there's additional context to, to her saying, like, some of the, the reasons why she said mm-hmm. that she didn't want to take it. She One of the reasons was that it it, it, um, it fuels some of her self-doubt mm-hmm. and, and causes, you know, her to, you know, have some issues preparing for, for the next match and just messing with her psyche. And I can understand that, but... I'm on the side of there's a cost to be a boss. And if you want to be paid millions of dollars, if you want to compete at the highest level, then the trade-off is that people get to ask you questions about your performance, how you, how you prepare. Mm -hmm. I do agree that sometimes the media might ask like stupid questions or questions trying to antagonize people. But if you actually listen to most sports interviews, which most people don't, right. Just like actually consistently listen half of more than half of the time, there are mundane typical questions. Like, what were you thinking when this went down? How did you prepare? And those are important questions for athletes who are trying to train and understand and build, you know what I mean? Like think about all of the classic moments that came from those interviews with athletes, Mm -hmm. Iverson with with Kobe, like all of the things that were said. Right. And for, for an athlete to be like, no, I'm not going to do any at all. I'll take whatever fine because y'all are messing with my, my, my ability to prepare and so in itself doubt. Then it makes me question, well, you know, if you can't handle getting some questions from the media, how much do you deserve to be at this platform? Because that's a part of the cost. Like that's that's the fee to get in. If you don't want to answer media, then you probably shouldn't be playing on the national platform where people want to ask and hear about you. And for someone like her who has such an important voice, not just about tennis, but overall for like culturally her impact as, you know, uh, you know, a, a black, you know, half Asian person, uh, someone that, that can speak up for women and in, in sports, people want to hear from her. It's not like she just any old body, like she's very intelligent when she speaks, people listen, like she has a serious platform. So I'm kind of like, I understand the mental health piece, right? And so to me, it's just like, okay, pick and choose what you're going to answer. Pick and choose the times where you're like, you know what? I can't do it today. But to just completely be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I feel like is is a little, is, it's a little jaded towards the people who are like, yo, 
I've been playing my whole life to have the opportunity to be on this stage and get asked questions about my performance because that's the, that's the cost of being a, a world athlete. Yeah, I I was gonna I'm gonna jump in real quick. I I found it to be important um, because it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and and that's one of the things that that popped up in my head. It's like, man, it's it's important there. But I hear what you're saying, Stanley. Uh, with the like, hey, this is this is the price to get in. This is the cost to get in. Um, the thing about that though, is it fair? You know, like, is it something that, and I know people, people are going to be like, um, life ain't fair. You know, I get that part, but as a regular human being, like people are like, you got bullying to kids with social media and that stuff carries with them. You know what I'm saying? So we look at kids and like, okay, boom, these kids right here are like consistently being bullied in a sense of the athletes are like Naomi Osaka is like 23 years old. In a lot of people's eyes, she's, she's an adult, but she still looked upon as being a, a child and say at the, at the late part, um, mentally a child, I guess you can say, is that fair for a newer, um, athlete that's getting this status and because of their talent, because I mean, talent, you can't deny talent. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's good and they're just beating everybody and not good at, at speaking with the media, like that's something they're going to have to work on or, you know, be able to pick and choose. Like, okay, I don't want to do this now. You think it's fair that they get fined or, you know, for like for doing that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the, the other the other side of it is that there was a time for women's tennis where they couldn't get the press. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to hear from them because they're like, you're women athletes. We don't care about what you have to say. Right. So that, and that's technically not that long ago. You're talking about the eighties and even yeah. getting into the nineties where they begging, like, please come interview us. Please put us on the platform. Let, you know, let us vocalize. And now fast forward it's 2021 and someone's like, I don't want to completely do it at all for this whole tournament. And it's like, okay, you know, I, that's why I feel like there should be a better compromise. Mm-hmm. Like the, once one extreme and the other extreme to me is stupid. Like you, you shouldn't not be able to, you know, like to just completely cut it off for like a whole tournament is to me is wrong, but mm-hmm. it's also wrong to have them constantly asking you stupid questions, questions they already know the answers to questions intentionally meant to trigger you. Right. Like that's yeah. wrong too, because mental health is important. So it's like, how do you find that middle ground? Right. right. Like maybe you limit some of the conversations, maybe you give them be like, all right, during the tournament, you got three passes for when you don't want to be uh, get interviewed and you use one of those passes, you don't get no fine. We, you know, that's your mental health break, but just some kind of in between, because there's still an important aspect of sports being able to hear from athletes after a win, after a loss, especially for the folks that are athletes in training that are looking at those opportunities to learn because they know they can't reach those those art. I mean, those those uh, those athletes. So that's the time where they could be like understanding, taking notes like, oh, OK, that's how she was breaking this down. That's how she was thinking or whatever. So there's it's both sides of it is, is important. Mental health is important, but also giving athletes a platform to talk about, you know, their their, their sport is important, too. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we got um, that's a. Uh, 
a good outlook to have when you say, you know, cost to be the boss. But also, I think that, like you said, it, it does have to be a fair trade out there. But also, I think something has to change uh, because you got a lot of people a lot of people don't want to don't want to talk. Oh, they just don't want to talk at that one point. You know that that specific point. They may just, you know, you come in like I'm putting myself in the position of an athlete. They're coming right off of winning their match. They're sitting in front of people, and you're probably tired, like exhausted physically and mentally. Because most of the time, not just tennis, but in most sports, it's a mental chess game. So then you got to go and answer questions. Like I don't think. Like fifteen thousand dollar fine, and then also them saying that she may possibly face. Uh, I think they're saying here that she may possibly face uh, expulsion if, uh, yeah, might uh, possibly face expulsion if she doesn't do the rest of the media. I don't think media should be something that you force a person to do. Uh, if it's such a big part of it, have them have a representative go up, answer some questions. Because some of the stuff they ask them be some BS to the point where they're giving away, like, you really asking me what type of strategy I'm going to take? Like, that's really none of your business because now I'm being vulnerable to whoever else. Um, I think they really need to figure that out and probably kind of change that around. Maybe not have as many. Uh, Man, talk to them folks a day later. Give them some time instead of rushing up to them with, you know what I'm saying, reporter cameras and stuff. Uh, I always love what Marshawn Lynch did because he brought light to like, hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, I think, you know what, if they really, that's something, I'll be honest, if you really want me to talk to the media after my game, I'm probably going to go come up there and be an asshole too. Uh, I hate to say it, but I, I probably will be. Uh, we've kind of seen with Kyrie where he sits up, where he's set up there and he's not really, so most people you're going to be like, man, he's been an asshole. Why don't you just answer? But really he's kind of like, man, the stuff you asked me is really some BS. Let's talk about what I want to talk about if I'm going to be here, you know? Uh, but like I've watched a lot of UFC and boxing and them guys come off of like, getting like brutally beating up people to answer media questions and you're just kind of like bruh <laughs> like, like come you on say just go take care of yourself man <laughs> yeah yeah like like as, as, get, get patched yeah, up real quick <laughs> at some point i think and then also and then those are grown men and, and then you're looking at this 23 year old where it's like look i just i just can't deal with it at this mm-hmm. point you know uh so I think at some point something has to change. Um, is media important? I, I think so. But I don't I think they've made it more than what it should be and something needs to needs yeah. to change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think uh I, I think that like Steve said, I think it is important and like Stanley said as well. because um, I hear you, Stanley, because I do think it's an instrumental part of the experience of having um, somebody who's performing at a top level, not just in sports, but in anything to have some kind of commentary for those people to kind of talk about their success story and how they got there, how they managed being there. Um, Cause I do feel like just relating it back to music. Um, I feel like that's something that we miss from a lot of artists, um, specifically somebody like, uh, okay. So we just had the shop episode with Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. I could count on one hand how many interviews I've seen with Jay-Z like throughout his career and he's supposed to be like the pinnacle like the top and it's like we can't even hear from the top how to get there or or even if you think about his wife Beyonce is the pinnacle the top and we don't have no interviews from Beyonce we don't know what the fuck she even got on her mind 
if she don't make a song. And so on the one hand, I'm like, yes, I would like to hear from them people. But then I guess from their perspective, it's like, if they don't want to do it, then I can't make them do it. <laughs> I can't make them folks come out here and talk to me if they don't want to talk to me. Um, eventually they might start to open up, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I think that the whole finding people and, and trying to punish people for not doing it, I think that's some bullshit. And I think that the people who put that into place need to uh, humble themselves <laughs> because they feel like they're entitled to your voice. They feel like, um, like I don't necessarily agree when you said, Stanley, that that's like the, the, the cost to getting there. I think the cost to getting there is like Tommy said, just being the best athlete in the world. And so if I'm this good, I mean, how you going to not put me in tournament? <laughs> like, well, my, 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 argue, my argument to that, though, is that at any level, regardless of it's sports, music, business, the higher up you go, the more you have to be success, uh, you know, open to critiques and yeah. people evaluating what you do. If you want to be the CEO of a company, that means people are going to ask you questions and you got to represent the company that all your actions and your moves are going to be judged and critiqued. So my thing is, if you want to be at the, the top of anything, then a part of accepting that responsibility and that money is taken on because it can't all be glory. You know what I mean? Like if it, it, just because you you're you're the best athlete doesn't mean that you don't have to pay additional costs to participate. And one of those costs to participate is people want to hear from you. People are going to have questions. You, yeah. People have expectations related to media responsibilities. Now, does some of those responsibilities need to change? Absolutely. But you know, it's a part. It's to me, it's a part of being at the top of anything is that people are going to want to hear from you. People are going to critique you a lot closer because you are the best. Yes, I agree with that. But, but whether or not those people get access is still up to you. Like they're going to want to do all of those things. Like they're, mm -hmm. yes, they're, people going to naturally be like, Oh, this person got a lot of spotlight. on. Them. I want to see what's going on, but whether or not they actually get that access is still up to you as the person. Like you can still be like, fuck you niggas. I'm closing the door. Like, you don't have to fucking open the door for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think anybody should have that much say in whether or not your door is open or closed. Like, you can close the door. It may not be supposed to be all glory, like you said, but it's a lot of people that just don't like to talk to people. And so they, they're not going to talk to you. Like Marshawn Lynch. Like, he just, right, like, all right, right, bro. No, you're not getting this access. But then he go off and do, like, all these other little commercials and shit. Like, it's a different access, but it's it's just not the access that he wanted to do. So give those people, like you said, give them an alternative, maybe like they have like the passes or something like that. Like that could help a lot, but I just don't think they get to decide. <laughs> you got to do it this way. <clears throat> this is the way that we're well, going to get our access to you. <laughs> well, the other problem is the media is essentially a white man. So that's that's yeah, where that's a lot of I'm that like, is, is, is coming from. So that's that's why I'm on the other side of it, yeah. too, is just like they, you know, they like this is what you have to do. And if you don't do it, we're going to find you. Yeah. And we pay your salary. And it's just like uh, and that sounds for that reason, I'm too like slavery to me for me to be like, mm -hmm. that's OK. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, fuck these right. niggas and fuck these hoes. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, so uh, have the deal. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, 
Oh, Naomi's response to the fine was, I hope you guys like donate the money to something with uh, mental health. So that would be awesome. You know, it would be. Um, I understand both sides. They not. They, that's going to go to their pocket. Yeah. <laughs> this going to go to the uh, French Open Fund. <laughs> but um, I think it's cool. Um like the discussion having about that. I think it's, I understand both sides because one on one side is to um, honestly, like you were saying, Steve, I mean, I see but Stanley a few years ago, nobody would be watching the sport. So it's, it's really just to, you know, that access and everything is important for the sport. But um, on the other hand, you got the athletes who are like top notch human beings like the top of the top of a human being is the are these world class athletes and you know just how we need mental days they do as well um just looking at it from a scrutinizing point of social media and, and having the access to a person all at 24 hours a day you know however much access they allow people to have but people have access to these folks through social media through uh, the media access with the media interviews and everything like that. I wanted to get y'all opinion about where the confusion comes from access to having power over. This is what I was talking about. Um, Yesterday, um, the Nets beat my Celtics. And I was really upset about that. But hey, you know, it is what would, it is. Would you expect? <laughs> hey, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. They have this created team. Right. So I'm just like, would you expect? <laughs> but anyway, uh, video showed fa- a fan throwing water bottles at Kyrie Irving after the game um, yesterday. Now, the thing about it is, of course, everybody knows where if you don't know, Kyrie was a Boston Celtic, I want to say last year or the year before last. And he left and it was kind of like a Rocky League breakup, right? Yeah. Um, He came back. He said something about, hey, I hope we all can be cordial. I'm paraphrasing because I don't want to get through all everything. But everybody knows Boston was like the last people to integrate um, with their sports. and, And it's a lot of racism built up up in Boston, surprisingly, you think it wouldn't be in the North, but hey, it is. Um, but my question to you guys with this situation happening, because a normal human being would not think like, hey, I don't like what this dude just did, or I don't like that we lost, or, you know, if we're playing a game of space, oh no, I don't like that he did this, and I'm going to throw something at him. A normal human being wouldn't do that. But because this man is an athlete, why do you think as consumers, people think that they have the power and the and the right to do that? Throw water at somebody because this happened again, like a few, a few uh at a different happening game. every day. Yeah, yeah like yeah. they're just yeah. throwing water. Somebody threw something at Russell Russell Westbrook. Yeah, some popcorn. Yeah. Some popcorn, popcorn. At Russell, like it it and, uh, I understand frustration. Somebody spit on Trey Trey Young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. on Trey Young, they was abusing John Morant's uh, yeah. uh, people in the stands at Utah. Man, it's it's getting worse and worse, man. Like, Almost every day. Like, yeah. does does why is the access to these athletes and these entertainers because they're entertaining us? We love to see um, competition and stuff like that. Where are we getting this confused with power? 
Uh, I don't think it's power at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's a big part. Of, I think I think what we're seeing as more fans begin to come back. I think we're seeing. Uh, I think we're seeing a one. I think we're seeing a psychological issue going on. So I think that's one thing. And then the other thing I think is, I think we're seeing, I mean, let's be honest, majority of the league is black, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think from what I've seen, a lot of people who are either banned or being (laughs) arrested uh, were people of, uh, were white folks. I think given what we just came off of, you know what I'm saying, the whole year of just an incredible divide. I think we're seeing a lot of that racial stuff coming straight to light. Um, yeah, you can have passion for your team, but, you know, spending on somebody, that's the ultimate disrespect. Uh, throwing something at somebody, throwing at some so many athletes. I think that's the psychological part, people coming back, and they're just kind of... Like you're not at home. Yeah. You just don't don't know how to act until somebody run up on you, slapped uh the dog meat up out you. But I think we got I think we really seen a lot of anger and frustration being played out. And I mean, what well, other way when your team is getting bashed in by <laughs> by Kevin Durant or bashed in by Trey Young and you're pissed off. And also, you know, you got people who buy tickets and just think they can do what they want to do. And the honest truth is nah. Um, uh, shout outs to the organizations who have took action quickly and, mm-hmm. you know, they've pretty much banned these folks for life. And it wasn't like, you know, it's not a lot of people, but you've seen a few people, you know, you've seen a few incidents and it's not like a lot of incidents, but you've seen a few incidents that, you know, you can tell there are some folks who just, they're just not ready to come back outside. Um, and then you got some folks who they need to still be on footage. Yeah, they need to <laughs> go back in the house. And, and that's what, and that's what they're going to have to do. But um, I think, I think also, you know, racial tension and all the stuff that we've built up in America, you got some folks who really think they can do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not, and, it, and they ain't just all racial. Some of them do it to each other, but I think you got some people out here that really think they can do what they want to do. We saw it at the Capitol, and you can kind of see right now that they, I mean, a few people got arrested, but not as many as you would thought. Yeah. Uh, Trump yes. getting away with whatever now, and you got some people out there that really think they can do what they want to do, and then when you get to, you know, you when you get to this and these fans are coming back in the league, I mean, fans come back in the stadiums, uh, motions, People thinking they can do what they want to do. Your team getting whooped, and you really think it's okay to do that? I think it's uh, definitely a psychological issue, and yeah, I don't think it's really. I think people think they got power, but they don't. Yeah, uh, I think it's the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate um, uh, magic trick on a lot of people, uh, and we're seeing them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, though, I, man. Go ahead, Stan. I, I was just gonna say, man, it, it's always been there. I'll never forget, yeah. man. At, at UT, uh, went to a game. Uh, we was playing LSU football game, and we in the end zone, maybe 
four or five rows up real close, right? And the O-line and the D-line at LSU, these are the biggest men I've ever seen in my life. They, we, we in the stands on the fourth, fourth or fifth row, and when they stood up, they was looking me in the eyes. <laughs> and to think about this, we behind the end zone, right? four or five rows back, and these dudes eye to eye with me standing up. That's how big these dudes is. And these white boys was in the very first row, talking mad cash, yelling, cursing at them, doing all types of stuff. And the dudes, the linemen, they're just laughing about it, right? Because they know that at any given point, if they decided to, they just have to put one foot over because that's how big they, they put one foot over the little the, uh, the end zone uh, fence, and it's a wrap for the boys. We just like <laughs> we just like how how do they have so much audacity to yes. to talk cash to men that can literally rip them apart yeah. with 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 no hesitation? I was like, I would never in my life say anything <laughs> to those men besides, yes, sir. Uh, what, y- y- y'all trying to play UT? You need some water? Like, these dudes is huge, right? It's always been there. And, and you, you right, Stephen. Like, it's a, it's a, to me, it's like a perfect storm of there, there always are going to be fans that go uh, beyond the line of being passionate for a team. Those people that like I, I'm a I'm a season ticket holder, therefore I'm paying their salaries, therefore I can do whatever I want, right? That's and you got all the racial tension. Then you got people are just now starting to get back out in the house. They've been cooped up, pent up, doing whatever they want to do in the safety of their homes, doing whatever they want to do outside the safety of their homes. You got all of that mixing together with you seeing all of these incidents back to back at all of these different places. And you, and you add the, the viral aspect of it too. Now, now this whole thing of, of getting attention online and being viral is, is at a all time high. This is like, you got people that's like, I'll get kicked out of this arena. If it means that I get to put that video on TikTok and I'm going to get me an extra million views. I mean, you saw old boy at the Super Bowl. He, he capitalized big time. Put a bet on it. Oh man, he made he made a lot of. I don't want to misquote it. He he a life changing amount because he bet on someone streaking at the Super Bowl, and so you know you combine all of that yeah. stuff together. People want to go viral. People have been cooped up and they crazy fans that just are a little going to, crossing that line of being a fan versus being like a crazy person, mm-hmm. and then and the racial tensions. All of that is is coming together, and you seeing it, man. And it's mm-hmm. it's the only the start i just feel like as things start to open up more and people start being able to it's going to get worse it's going to get worse for athletes i think it's going to be bad for musicians especially at small venues i think it's going to be bad like anytime you get a bunch of people together and they ain't been out nowhere and and it is bound to act a fool yeah uh one more thing i want to add to it real quick um i think it i think the other thing is i think it's that age old thing of like, oh, he won't, he won't do nothing to me. He ain't gonna jeopardize his contract. He ain't gonna, like, what they really gonna do to me? Like, just the whole example of the UT situation, they're thinking, oh, it's just a college game. Folks scream at them all the time. They hit our team. They ain't gonna do nothing. And then you end up with the malice at the palace. Back yeah, in the day, right <laughs> when they went off in the crowd, yeah, and, and and people got people got their ass whooped. Yeah, um, I don't want things to come to that. 
Um, so I'm hoping that is like, I hope it can, if, if it does happen, I hope it is, it continues to be like, I don't want it to happen, but I hope it's not, it doesn't grow to like more numbers of people. You know, it's like one person here, one person there. I don't want it to happen anymore. I hope the examples of getting completely banned from stuff will wake some folks up, but I don't want it to grow to where like, now you got 10 people who think they are cool to it. We can we can do this, cause then yeah, it's gonna be some some big problems. It's gonna be some hey. smoke in the city. Pain is the only way, man. I, I feel like they should just one of those times be like, you know what, Russ, you got it. Going up there, we ain't about to. Cause look, you can you can hurt people's pockets. You yeah. can tell people they ban, but when somebody when you watch somebody get their ass whooped, that's when you start to be like, you know what, I probably should have do yeah. this. Like, <laughs> you know, because it's just like the only reason why they feel strong enough to do that is because the worst that can happen is I get bang. kicked out and I get banned. But if yeah. the worst that could happen is that a world-class athlete gets to come up and beat the shit out of you, you're going to be like, oh, man, you know what? I ain't mean it. The, pop- <laughs> the popcorn just slipped out my hand and you just so happen to be walking through the yeah. tunnel, Russ. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Now that one fan went to jail, though. That's yeah, true. yeah. They arrested the... Uh, yeah, they arrested him. Yeah. yeah. That uh, through that water. Um... Gray, did you want to say anything about it? No, not really, man. Y'all covered it. Uh, they just... I, I know I saw something from uh, Charles Barkley saying that one of the ways to circumvent these circumstances would be to just allow them to whoop somebody ass. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. this, he said, like, people should be given the opportunity to at least whoop one fan's ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would definitely clear some of this shit up. And, I mean, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. If, if you're sitting there heckling and saying all kind of crazy shit and throwing stuff, especially when you're throwing stuff at people, like, yeah, talk all the shit you want. But, like, throwing stuff to, like, physically assault somebody, that's taking it to another level. Yeah, yeah. You're doing too much. Don't do not do that. Don't spit on people. Because we've seen what happened to Pumpkin on, uh, what's the name, on Flavor Flav. Yeah. <laughs> like, you get your ass that's, that's, that's the consequences. Yeah. If you spit on a nigga, that's what I get to do. I get right, to run up and talk shit to your ass while I'm whooping your ass. So Absolutely. maybe that's what needs to happen. Like, especially for people who are doing stuff like spitting on people. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's crazy. Like, why are you why are you hocking up a loop? Right. Like, is it that bad? You know? <laughs> like, are you that mad? Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how you fix your mouth to do so. Like, yeah. I'm going to spit on this person. I like, have you, never been that yeah. mad to where I wanted to spit on a person. Nah. Nah, no. I've I've made a mistake and spit on like I was spitting and and some of the spit has flew on somebody, but it was it was by mistake. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. you know it's like, like yeah, even, I know that's disgusting. My bad, bro. Let me even, get that off of you. Even before yeah. a fight, like I'm not thinking to spit on you. I'm like, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spit on the ground. Somebody spit on, on Mike What's Tyson, up? didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, 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 crazy. It was Crazy. he was it was during wrestling or like a wrestling match or something like this. Somebody spit on him. He's like, and I think he hit him for real. Anyway, <laughs> nah, uh, man, it's it's just wild what people like do. And I'm with you, Greg. It's 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 a it's one thing that um, heckling. You know, I think that's I, I, I think that's fun. Like how you know uh, LeBron James did it the other day. 
Um, Trey Young did it to to the Knicks. Jordan was known for doing stuff. Reggie Miller was known for doing stuff like this uh, to to Spike Lee. You know, throwing stuff at Spike Lee. You know, that's that's fun. We like to see stuff like that, but it's harmless. But once you start throwing stuff and heckling and harassing people, and 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 you know, you you start getting physical with things, then it turns a page. You know, so. Uh, Heckling's cool until you say the wrong thing. Right, right. Until yeah, you, like you call, call somebody a nigga yeah. and and then you see five fists coming to your face, like, whoa, which one of you niggas hit me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind heckling. I, I, I no, it's, it's like for like, me, it's welcoming. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, like you get some do what you gotta do to do your part to help yeah. your team win. Like people be yeah. shooting free throws and they yeah. be doing this thing. That's I love it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, once it becomes, once you cross that line of throwing, um, spitting, um, you know, and all that stuff, like saying the stuff you wouldn't normally say yeah. to, a, to a person in the street. Yeah, they had called like John Moran Bomber, black bitch or some shit. Yeah, yeah they, yeah, they like were super. Wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah. do stuff like that normally. You yeah. know, if you ain't gonna um, do that on the street, then don't do it. Right, right. Do it, yeah. Well, well, the way things well, going, they they doing it on the streets now too. They they've yeah. been in power from these last four years to to let they fool racist selves out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that's another true. story. That's well, another yeah, story. that's complete different. different. <laughs> Would you do it to an athlete on the street? No, nope. <laughs> that's no. What, yeah, that's what I mean. If you ain't gonna do nope. it to an athlete on the street, then don't don't do no. it. Stand, man. Uh, but um. No. Yeah, they so. they just got that 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 invisible um wall. I think right it's a there, little man. visible wall there. Yeah, just a matter of privilege. That's what that is. Privilege. That is, <laughs> that is, that is a definition exactly of privilege. That's exactly what it is. Definition of privilege. Since yeah. we talk about privilege, man, let's talk about future. <laughs> future, like I just listened to this song uh, Maybach off of Forty Two Doug album, and Future says three times in this song. Um, Steve, I didn't want her or something like that. But he's talking about Steve Harvey's daughter, Lori Harvey. Um, Future is known to have great music. (laughs) He's he's known to have great music and produce great music, good music, and a lot of people like him. But also he has a lot of um, children and a lot of baby mamas. And in particular, he has two, his last two girlfriends have been um, of status you know he went with sierra and then also sierra has now moved on and married russell russell uh wilson and he uh dated Lori harvey steve harvey's daughter and now she has moved on to michael b jordan and (laughs) in this song man i just feel like he's i just feel like he needs to let it go because he made a song about sierra as well man I don't remember the song, but he's like at, the, at this point, he's known for doing that. Like we break up, it's you know I'm a rap about it. You know what I'm saying? So um, the sad part I think for me personally about this song is it's bumping. <laughs> it definitely. <laughs> that is just the sad part about it, man. Man, it's, it's hard, but. Uh, Honestly, man, I could I could go without him talking about his ex. It's like 
Cause a normal, like in a normal situation, you think about your your, your ex and some of the things that you used to do because it's life. It's a, it's a part of your memories and stuff like that. But then you make a song. I feel like he kind of crossed the line talking about Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey didn't have anything to do with their relationship. Nothing. He didn't, like Steve Harvey. You know, he recently said he didn't. You know, too much care for her other boyfriends, but he likes Michael B. Jordan. I think there was, I think he did kind of say something that went towards future. Did he? Uh, yeah. So I think that's more of a response, so to speak. But, you know, I mean. Still, though. <laughs> ain't, ain't no. Yeah, I I could do without the references because you kind of, now you sound like a man scorned. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, uh, and then also, you know, Lori Harvey, Steve Harvey, and then Michael B. Jordan. I mean, shoot, the best thing, they doing the actual best thing, which is just ignore it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> going about your business. Uh, yeah. No, nah, I just, his, his track record with uh, women of status is, is kind of looking interesting because they all go on to men who are, I don't know, them of course personally but seem to be better for the women he done uh, been with but yeah I mean man you just, ah, I like Future but uh, you, just, uh, you need a homeboy to sit you down and be like hey bro you, you sound like a woman uh, <laughs> talking about your ex like just kind of don't don't worry about it man <laughs> do, do, you, do y'all think that he's doing it because he legit that's just what he wants to do or if he's continuing to do stuff like that because he knows it keeps his name relevant it brings up conversation and that people are just like oh they, that's what they expect like there's a certain group of people that actually like that aspect of future so part of me feels like maybe he don't even if, if it was like a normal situation he probably wouldn't but he's like all right here's another opportunity for me to do it again get a little extra shine my way get a little extra attention make me relevant yeah i think it's just shock value yeah i think it's just shock value uh mm-hmm. i mean you can have almost any woman in probably in the world but i think it's i think it's just shock value. now i think it's shock value but also that age-old line of there's always some truth in a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's some truth there to to a certain extent. But I also think it's like, it's still, you know, I'm an entertainer too. So mm-hmm. I yep. get some shock yep. value and maybe get this off my chest. So I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. That might need the uh, Eminem school of uh, name drop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, man. He, uh, he definitely is is for entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Because this this is like we obviously see that her and Michael B. Jordan are pretty good where they got see, like look at the Sierra situation. <laughs> see, like if anybody came up, Russell Wilson is a good man. <laughs> the, the jokes that fly after that one, duh, sting. <laughs> duh. That got a sting. You know they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But uh, nah, I just I I think it's it's all for us. Like for me, it's like damn, listening to it. You're like, all right, come on, bro. But the song is bumping, so you're gonna listen to it. You know. Uh, <laughs> but then it's like 
damn, future, I don't know if you hurt or you just, you know, whatever it is, man. I hope you get help for it, man. You know? Like whatever it is. <laughs> hey, he man, too, he, at this point, too old for that. Right, right, yeah. right. Exactly. That's the other part. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Too old. You know? And that's it. That's the that's my thing about future because it's like he do it for shock value, but I don't feel like future. I wouldn't say future is a lyrical rapper at all. I wouldn't put him in the in the in the world's Guinness Book of most lyrical rappers, you know. So I I think he puts it there so he could be relevant in whatever time period it is and stuff like that. So um, I got two more things. Well, actually three more. I'm just going to mention these. We don't really have to discuss them. Just kind of want to give a congratulations and a, and a, uh, to look out for. Um, first, I want to congratulate uh, Juvenile. Like he did an interview with uh, Vlad TV. And what I'm congratulating him on is something that, you got to go back into the time of when this happened. Juvenile secured $2,000 per week um, as a deal with cash money. That equals out to $104,000 a year. And basically, I'm saying congratulations to that because how many people do you know that can, by by their talent and their word of, uh, they're basically their gift of gal, to say, hey, I need you to pay me $2,000 a week for me to just basically quit my job and start rapping for you. I don't that was know the deal he started with? Yeah. Mm. So I don't know, you know, I mean, like, of course, like now, you know, a lot of people would be like, man, that was little, but I mean, for somebody that don't have to come up and be like, hey, I want 2000 a week. That's some, that's some bold stuff to ask for. For him to do it now, or that's like no, no. Right? Back then, this was like in '94 or whenever okay, okay. he signed with uh, Cash Money. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that was a smart move, right? That yeah, was a very smart move, especially back then, because nigga, one hundred and four thousand dollars back then was probably ridiculous. Yeah. So I just want plus on top of all the other stuff. Yeah. Right, right. That's that's just that's just the salary, right? That, yeah, that's not including all the other money that <laughs> right, you're gonna be right. able to bring in. But I think what was cool was he was, uh, I didn't watch the interview. I'm just going off a, a article that I'm reading from Complex. He said in the interview as well um, that after he signed, they like got rid of all the artists that they had except BG and Lil Wayne. So we all know that was the start of what we know now to be um, mm-hmm. the cash money records for the nine, nine to the two thousand. Uh, <laughs> so congratulating him, congratulations to him on that, man. That was amazing um, for that to happen back then. Also big congratulations to Mary J. Blige um, being um, she got, I guess it's a walk of fame. I've never been to Harlem. Um, it's a walk of fame um, at the Apollo. And yeah, she she got uh inducted, I guess you can say. I don't know what they call it. Is it would it be an, an induction? Yeah, it would yeah, be an induction. Yeah. yeah, so she was inducted to the Walk of Fame. Um that's huge for her. Um her I think she performed at the Apollo for the first time in ninety-two. Um and everything. She got a documentary actually coming out later this summer too. Which I want to see that shit. 
I want to see it, but it's, yeah. I was like, damn, she old enough to have a documentary? Yeah. yeah. She, yeah she, Mary 50, dog. she 50. She doesn't look 50. Hey, um, you want to look? I was about to say, like, if we were to look, hey, Mary J been, been aging like fine wine, boy. <laughs> Her and Angela Bassett, bro. I'm here to tell you. Mm. Man, but um, shout out to her as well, man. And, and congratulations to her on that. She has had a wonderful career, has made great man. music. Man. And uh, I laughed when you said that earlier, Greg, you was listening to it. I was like, man, that man must see my article. No, I ain't <laughs> see the article, bro. No, I was telling Allison, I was like, bro, growing up, this was all my mama listened to, bro. Yeah. It was Mary J. Blige. Like, I was... It was all the time. Yeah. Just every time she got in the car. She one time, because Mary J. Blige got a song called Take Me As I Am. Yeah. And my mama, for real, one time burned the CD and, and just made that song over and over and over <laughs> on the damn CD. So like, shout out to my mama for doing yeah. this shit. Because it was like, it was just like five tracks. She wasted one of my damn CDs. Oh, so damn. she could put the same track five times out there. So it'll just repeat. When all you had to do is just put it once, it was going to repeat anyways. But <laughs> she put it on there five times, bro. But Mary J. Blige is definitely like one of my favorite people to listen to um, just for that reason. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to her. Congratulations to her and everything. Um, last thing I got, man. Um, today, May thirty first, marks the hundred year. Um, would I say anniversary? Um, of uh the Tulsa race massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, the sad part about this. So I was talking to somebody about it the other day. Um, I think it was my uncle. Um. I didn't learn about this in high school. I didn't learn about this in college. I learned about this when I graduated, like out of college. And I think I like went past it on a Facebook post. Yeah. And and had never heard about this. And this happened a hundred years ago in in Oklahoma and Black Wall Street, you know, and uh a lot of people started to talk about it and stuff like that. So there's so many documentaries out. I know CNN has one that's coming on tonight. Um, last night, the History Channel had one. Um, it was another one on MSNBC last night. Somebody was telling me um, PBS is having one. And then in June, there's another one coming out. So um, plenty places for you to find some information about what happened back in 1921 in Tulsa. Um and hopefully this can start a new thing and hopefully we can go grow from it and get some justice for hap- for what happened back then. I'm not going to get into the story um, because I want to like really I want to see the the documentary and stuff like that before I really talk talk about it. But I know a little bit about it. Um, Watchmen. I don't know if you guys have watched Watchmen, but like yeah. the first episode of Watchmen talked about it and really brought light to what's going on. So um, Watchmen, you can also see a reference to it in Lovecraft. Yep, yep. Uh, it's Lovecraft. been in a lot of shows yeah, recently. It, it, yeah. I think I think that the, a lot of the attention that that story is getting now is because of its betrayal like or betrayal of it in in movies mm-hmm. and shows here recently and the the saddest thing about it is it's not even like the worst or the only one right like as bad as that was like they it's so many instances where they did stuff like that or worse it's just it's just crazy 
Yeah. Now, yeah. just to put this in perspective, and, and also, Tom, just, I actually learned about it in college and I think African-American studies, but I think, uh, I think some older folks told me when I was around in high school, but I think African-American studies, we kind of discussed it yeah. some, uh, <clears throat> but let's put this in perspective. Like that's, it's been a hundred years since that happened pretty much. Right. Mm-hmm. But only like 40 years ago in the 1960s, there was still some slaves in the deep South. Let that sink in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like crazy. Um, and Did then, you put an article in the in the Slack about that? Yeah, uh, yeah I think yeah. it was that G. Was, it was that G. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet, yeah. It was yeah. Those less discuss. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That shit is crazy, as hell, bro. That's but wild. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't seen it, people who are listening, uh, check out the episode of Watchmen and the episode of Lovecraft Country, because um, those are some great artistic depictions of what it could have looked like. Um, just based on the information that we have. Um, and then also just like Tulsa is, it just seemed like it's a forgotten place. It's in fucking mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Don't nobody who we know coming from the, like the Southeast. We don't, I don't have any direct ties or connections to that place. Most of my people come from Mississippi, South Carolina, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a, a, a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just starting to try to explore that. So I'm definitely going to be looking out for those documentaries because I've never seen a documentary on yeah. Tulsa Race Riots. It's supposed to be a movie too that they either developing or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a, especially this year, it's a lot of stuff uh, being talked about about that. And like Stanley said, that's not the only place. I know yeah. it was a place in Richmond. Um, in the 80s when they did, they bombed those places in uh, Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. That block. Yep, yeah, yep. there's so many. I, mean, I saw a map of all the black massacres, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just, it, it's really infuriating, man. It's really, yeah. and especially look at the dates, <laughs> like yeah. how far back and how recent. Right, right. That's yeah. that's the crazy Absolutely. part. It's like we're not far from it, you know. Um, but that's it, man. That's all I got for the news today, man. Hopefully, I ain't bore you too much, but you know. Nah, I think it was a good discussion all the way around. Things they need to be talked about. <laughs> yeah. Let me go grab this damn cord so my computer don't go die. Go do what you got to do, bro. We- yeah. <laughs> oh, Allison said she's going to get it for me. Oh, okay. Appreciate it, Allison. I didn't even realize it's been a dial. Like, damn. Man, at least it's not <laughs> like mine, man. Mine are cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes after I take it off the charger. But, man, let's get into it, man. Let's go on and get into this episode, man. I've been waiting to hear this part anyway from Stanley. <laughs> man so um last week we had a discussion about you know crit being a part of the conversation with um j cole and kendrick this week um we are talking about as steve said at the beginning um the the mount rushmore of the 2010s uh Steve, you said the so you saw it from the source. Yeah, I saw it. It was uh posted by the source uh magazine is where I originally saw it, but I'm sure it grew legs and I don't know exactly where it um uh began at, but I first saw it with um the source magazine, uh where they were <clears throat> pretty much talking about who you would add your fourth person to uh the Mount Rushmore of hip hop. 
for the twenty tens. So that's why I originally saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw mine on on uh I originally saw it on Facebook, but then when I looked it up, I see that it's a tweet from uh Rap Caviar um about who takes the four spot. So I'm gonna just start it off with my top four. And like I told you guys before, and I'm I'm not changing it. Uh, hold, hold, hold on. Before we do that, let's start off with what I, who they already put up there. Okay. Which uh, originally the image gave you J. Cole, Drake, and Kendrick Lamar. And this is just for the 2010s. We're not talking 2020s. We're not talking about the 2000s. We're not talking about the 99s. We're not talking about none of that. We're just talking about the 2010s. But what they currently have up there. Uh, and of course, the fourth person has a uh, question mark in front of it. Really, it's a, a, something that they put out there for the people to kind of see who would they put in as their fourth. Uh, so, yeah, I guess Rap Caviar probably did put it up first. Um, but if uh, are y'all OK with those first three, uh, what we have thus far, are y'all OK with that before we put in? Our fourth, and then oh, so we make our own. So, so let's go. Let's do a round robin, man. Whoever want to pick it up first. Are you okay with Drake, Kendrick, and Cole for the twenty teens? Yeah, I, I say this one piece before giving my opinion on it. Uh, debates like this are always interesting when they don't give you enough context, mm -hmm. and they didn't give a lot of context for Mount Rush. They said Mount Rushmore of hip hop. 2010s and that's not enough context because <laughs> yeah. if you if you if you because like if you think about act, the actual Mount Rushmore and the presidents that are on there the presidents that are on there are on there because th during their presidency they did something or were a part of something that that changed the fabric of America and mm -hmm. America is what it is today because of decisions and actions they made as presidents. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you take that context and say, okay, now apply it to hip hop 2010s, then, then, you know, then you can form your, your opinion. Right. But they just was just like, all right, Mount Rushmore. So you you got some people that's going to talk about our album sales. So you gonna have some people yeah. that's going to think about like lyrically, like who is like the the, the best MC. Then you gonna have other people, which I think is a better argument about impact. Who was more important to hip hop during the 2010s? Mm -hmm. But without that context, it's you know it's people are gonna be argue. People <laughs> gonna be arguing and 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 not arguing about the same. Point. Because somebody gonna be yeah. arguing about theirs because they're thinking about impact, and the other person gonna be arguing about theirs because they're thinking about lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then you got folks who just like who they like. Uh, <laughs> right, like, right, right, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. Right. So I definitely agree with that, and it definitely didn't. So for me, I just I kind of look at it how you look at it, Stanley. It's like it's kind of like you know overall, not just one piece of the pie. So go ahead, man. We let's go. We're gonna start with you, Stanley. Um, I, I'm okay with the three. I'm okay with the sense that, you know, you, you, people want to dismiss Drake for a lot of different reasons. And what you can't deny about Drake is his impact and influence on the culture of hip hop. He, you know, yeah, he got a ghostwriter. So you, you can make your, your comments about how he stand, holds up against Kendrick and, uh, and, and J. Cole. But he's every year he's relevant. Every year he's on multiple hit songs. He 
has a range of he could work with any type of artist. Anytime you put him on something, it's usually he has the best ear for what's going to be hot out of any artist I've ever I could think of. Like Drake knows what's going to pop and what's not going to pop. And he finds it before anybody else does. Mm -hmm. Turn up on a Tuesday. You remember that song, Turn Up on a Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Drake, like, imagine, like, it, Drake heard that and was like, yo, this is going to be hot. Let me hop on this wave. And that song blew up. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yo, like, how did he even find out about who was Mahone or whatever yeah. his name was? Yeah. And so, like, you, you think of Conan, yes, whatever yeah. it is. So, like, you think about that, it's just like, it's hard to dismiss Drake because he's huge, he's been important, he's always stayed relevant. You know, J. Cole and, and Kendrick, I would say they're no-brainers. No-brainers yeah. for, for their contributions. You know, they're, they're overall just great artists. So I don't have any issues there because I really don't think that they are – out of the 2010s, too many people that were bigger or more relevant in hip hop than those than those three. So you got, I, I'm, I have no issues. Yeah. G, you got any issues with the three? No, man. For basically the same reasons that Stanley said, I think that they just, all three of those, they've been consistently mentioned as the top three from the 2010s, even when the 2010s were first started. Mm. When they came out the gate, that's what people were saying. They were like, oh, it's Drake Kendrick Cole, Drake Kendrick Cole. Like, they just kept saying it for 10 years. <laughs> like, people yeah. never stopped. Nobody else came in and moved one of them out of the slot mm. to where people were discussing some third um, arbitrary member of this uh, rap holy trinity that people created. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I absolutely... I think Drake has continued to be relevant the whole time, even though we've had a discussion on whether or not it's on the decline or not. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, all three of those people have consistently been there, um, at least up until 2000, you know, 17 or 18. Because um, yeah. the last couple of years kind of are lost in the sauce thanks to the pandemic and other mm -hmm. things. Um, but like, yeah, from 2010 to 2018, those three got it. Yeah, Tommy T. Yeah, got man. Issues with the three. No, no. I, I and I don't have an issue with it um, or anything like that. I just look at it from a different context, as Stanley was saying earlier, and as you were saying too, Steve. It's like um, the, the. I don't think everybody has like we was looking at the sales and stuff from like earlier, right? And one may have better sales than the other one, but as a whole, as a group, who are these guys, you know? And I think as a group, we know that these are the guys that we looked at to represent hip hop during that time period. And so I don't have an issue with those three up there. Gotcha. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that's good then. For me, uh, <laughs> if I'm looking at an overall like artist as a total package and I look at what the sound has been based off of, you know what I'm saying, in the 2010s, then I don't have an issue with the three. I mean, Drake, you 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 get your Drake and then you've seen kind of what happened with R&B. All the R&B artists started rapping. Uh, you got your Kendrick and 
of course, you know, Kendrick is carrying the entire coast on his back by himself. Yeah. Um, not only that, I mean, TDE as a whole is an incredible, like, arsenal of, of assassin lyricists that I'm scared of anyone going against. Um, <laughs> and then you have Cole, which is like this nomad type of guy who is uh, just out there slaying whoever <laughs> is in his way. Uh, and then you kind of, from there, you kind of see uh, other artists that then begin to take after uh, after them. You know, you, that's when you have your Drakes, your Kendricks, and your Coles, which I think someone has actually said that. Um, the, now, the only issue I have is with the person that I consider is going to be my fourth. Uh, so before I get into who's going to be my fourth, let's go ahead and jump into it. Who, let's answer the question. Who is your fourth person? Who is your fourth person? Who do you round this out with? Who do you complete the uh, um, the, the Mount Rushmore with? Uh, we'll start with G and, and then we'll, we'll hit Tommy and then we'll hit Stanley at the last and then I'll bring up the rear where I ended. Uh Shit, I didn't plan on going first. Um, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I don't really know, bro. I really don't. I really don't know. Um, I don't think... I, I just don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. The only the only person I can think of, and that's based on like reactions that I've seen from other people on, online, is like a Nicki Minaj. Like, I think that that's where um, the most obvious choice for me would be. Um, other people I would like to say, I just don't think when I stack them up against her, I can say definitively, yes, this person has a better impact than she does. And, Mm -hmm. um, even when I consider like this, this wave of, um, women rappers who came in the last like three years or so, um, who have gained a lot of notoriety in those last three or four years, I credit that to her. I credit her for kind of laying the path for these people to come off and branch off into different sections and kind of take over the game <laughs> at this point. Um, but you got a lot of people out there that's doing a lot of big things. Um, so I can't really take that away from her. I don't think when we consider it like overall and we're talking about influence over the game and over hip hop, I can say somebody else has done more than she has. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Tell me. Man, I'm mad fourth, that, man. I'm mad that Greg went first, man, because now I'm like, dang. But I got no, something. You go for with that. who you got. No, go I got something had. for that. I'm not changing mine. <laughs> uh I think Big Crit should go up there. And I'm gonna tell you why. Big Crit, man, um just as how he's doing as an artist right now. I always liked the, our conversation last week. I always put them all together because of talent. I look at their talent. I think they're uh, like as a team, I think they will be unstoppable. You know what I'm saying? It's not about the biggest person or, you know, the, the, this person has sold this much or this person has done this much. Crit has actually opened the door for other people that, you know, maybe I make beats and I can rap, but I ain't with a big label. You know what I'm saying? I can come out with a with a great album, not with a big label, or the label doesn't really want to push me, but I'm still as talented as the leaders of of hip hop during the 2010s. And I looked, at, I always looked at him as being one of those leaders of the 2010s. Um, the Nicki Minaj argument is great. Nicki should be up there. <laughs> you know, 
like because she did amazing things and to kind of like you can't diminish what she's done because she did lead the charge because between her and uh, who was it, Lil' Kim, Foxy Brown, you only had what Charlie B. Moore, I think, was was a female rapper, but none worse as impactful as Nikki when she came in um, for for hip hop or whatnot. So what I think I would do to actually not diminish her um, her as an artist and everything, I would probably give her a monument like the the Lincoln Memorial you have. The Nikki Memorial, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like, yes, I created her own spot because she deserves it, you know. Because if it wasn't for Nikki, we wouldn't have Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion. Um, who else we got? This this new uh, core core core. I don't know how you say her name. Corelay or Corelay. Yeah. We wouldn't have those artists, and we wouldn't be looking at these women like the way yeah. I hate. I hate that we sexualize them so much, but we still wouldn't look at them as talented as they are because we've all, always said Nikki on a uh, on a on a feature she's going to kill you you know and her songs are nice too except when she started getting too deep into that um her stuff. yeah and I was like <laughs> you lost me but <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it that's what that's how I feel that's what my fourth would be it's crit, and then I will also build Nikki her own memorial. So, all right, all right, Nikki with the memorial. Yeah. To round out your list, Stanley. <clears throat> I, I like the idea of giving Nikki her own memorial. I, I think she should be separate from from the from the Rushmore. I think it's a fair argument to put her up there, but my my only knock for for having her on the Rushmore is that. Her success is a formula that was already started with Little Kim. I don't really think she, yes, she did some things differently. She was unique and she's definitely a great artist and important to the 2010s. But it's not like she came in with something we had never seen before mm-hmm. and changed the game. She came in with a proven formula and you, she backed it up with some, some hot bars and some really good track selection and some really well written bars from other people and so so that's where I'm just like I want I want to and I wouldn't necessarily like debate somebody hard for not putting her up there but I I feel like my selection represents her like represents her to a certain degree and you got Drake that kind of represents her so then I I think that it, it would be better more appropriate like Tommy said to have her own monument because she deserves individual signs uh, uh, not signs but an individual monument for her contributions that I don't think should be compared to the others I think it's just like a completely different conversation of like how that opened up the doors for other artists like the Cardi B's and the Meg the Stallions and you know so I, I will put her separate for me, hands down, it's Kanye West is my fourth selection. Mm. And, and and I know a lot of people want to associate Kanye West with the, the 2000s. But when I think about Mount Rushmore and I think about impact and change and influence on the culture, the 2010s Kanye was very important to hip hop. This is this is Yeezus. This is Life of Pablo. This is my dark twisted fantasy. This is Watch the Throne. This is 
Travis Scott. You get Wait. Travis Scott through 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 Kanye. You get Big Sean through Kanye. Two chains didn't blow up until Kanye. Right, we did yeah, get Kanye. slavery as a choice, Kanye too. We did, we did, and this is true. This is true, and this is the hard part about Kanye because it's like, but I think that he, adds to his argument, though. But go ahead, it, yeah. It, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it does because it's just like he's he's always stayed relevant musically, even mm-hmm. though he does his crazy stuff, and and yes, you know, twenty tens also represents crazy Kanye, God, but from a music standpoint, he has stayed relevant. He has come out with really good albums some would argue one of his best albums people love Yeezus I wasn't a huge fan of it but I appreciate the artistry of Yeezus mm. Life of Pablo was a dope yeah. album Life yeah, of pa- was. Pablo was a really good album I don't know why people don't put that up high on Kanye's list of albums but Life of Pablo was banging I like Ye Ye was cool with me not a lot of people like the, the Ye album but I thought it was cool and then the Jesus is King album was very good but yeah, when I think dope. about like the albums that he came out with the artists who he helped put on a bigger platform and how big those artists are now and then the ability to steal when Kanye wants to spit and get on the track and and demolish it he still has the ability to whether he does it or not you know is is, is up to him but I I have to put Kanye and I just think it it comes to the overall impact like I, I would want to put crit there my personal preference if i'm like artists that i really like but i try to take i I try to take my subjectiveness about crit out of the out of the equation when i think about putting that mount rushmore and i think about overall because like that's crit would be there for me personally if it was my round mount rushmore um and yeah, yeah, but but you know, I, I had to I had to go Kanye, man. Go put somebody, I gotta go Kanye. Go put Kanye. That's a very very good point, bro. Like yeah. I, everything that I said when I was like, if I put somebody up next to Nikki, I don't know if I could uh, say that it compares. I think that's a very good uh, point. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely Kanye is right there because he he birthed a lot of different acts. Um, even even honestly. If you want to go back before 2010, I think he kind of cleared the way for somebody like a Drake to come in. Yeah, he did. So it's like he kind of is responsible for almost all of the sound of the 2010s. Um, And even even with being a person who is like going back to Tommy's point with Big Crit being a producer and an artist, um, Mm -hmm. you got Kanye Kanye West is somebody who has (laughs) been very successful doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So. I, I I see that. I see that. So I love it. I love it. I love it all. Uh Tommy, man, I, I love to put Crick on there. But it. if we're looking at what we're looking at, then you know, Crick probably most likely wouldn't make that route Mount Rushmore. Um and I love everything else y'all said. For me, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, as far as uh the first question, I lied to y'all. I'm not really good with all three. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to tell we you knew that, man. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Now, uh, this will, as far as Drake, I, I think he definitely belongs there when you get to Drake, Kendrick's, and your Coles. Um, Kendrick, I believe, belongs there because he brought something. I think he brought something back to the game that was needed that wasn't, that was absent for for a while. Um, Cole is the is the one that unfortunately gets chopped from the list uh, for me. And it's the reason 
because of two people. And like I said, my fourth one is the one that I have the problem with because I think she should have been there the entire time, which is Nikki, um, which boots off Cole and ultimately Kanye definitely should be there, period, with what he was able to do and change. And I think I think Kanye really is the reason why you get a Tyler the Creator or you get you get a lot of these weird rappers these days. And I hate to call them weird because uh, we got the whole weirdo rap thing. But if you think of those rappers like Tyler the Creator, uh, even a Maconan, uh, I mean Mahonan, um, uh, YMB Corday, uh, all those, you kind of see kind of that formula of what Kanye brought in. And then also, man, my my dark twisted fantasy, that album people arguably say is one of the greatest albums of the 2010s by itself alone. But then you, of course you get Watch the Throne. Uh, you get this whole thing of stadium music. And I remember him saying that, like, I want to do stadium music and him going above beyond. Uh, for me, Nikki, I agree with you. Like she kind of comes off of that little Kim formula. But I think the difference is, is Nikki being Nikki being on the record with Eminem, Jay, and Wayne, and slaying it by herself, and literally becoming probably the dopest female artist of all, a hip hop female artist of all time lyrically. I think is what puts her up there because I think if you because because before that we pretty much had an absence of female rappers. Um, they just they just really wasn't too many. And then once Wayne finds Nikki and Drake and gets Nikki to where she wants to where she needs to be, then you have this like unstoppable monster that's everywhere doing everything until her drop off. Um, so I have to put Nikki there because then you you get this birth of because I mean we had a Trina, which is you know mm. to a to an extent similar. Um, but Trina didn't have this impact that Nikki had. Nikki's impact was just some other. And then I think when we get to that, we then we get we get uh you know we get Meg, we get Cardi, we get City Girls, we get all of these chicks now. And I think that if she doesn't come along and it reignite that fire, not only reignite that fire but carry that month for a minute. I think she brings back the rebirth of female rappers. Now that's that's no slight on Remy Ma. That's no slight on Foxy. That's no slight on Kim. None of the female that came before Rhapsody, uh, Young Ma. Anybody who was who was there during that time is just. Even if you hated her, you had to just be like, yeah, she's carrying the torch right now for mm-hmm. female artists. Uh, I mean, you didn't even hear from Missy around that time, you know. Uh, so that's why, I, unfortunately, like Cole should be on that Mount Rushmore. I would make it a five instead of a four because you do have Cole does have, you know, Cole is a part of his era that's like slaying stuff. You can't deny it. But if we only got four slots and I got to be a re- realistic about it. Kanye's, oh my goodness, like. I know we want to just, you know, trade him out, you know, the, the, the trade him out because of what he said. But then when you look at his contributions and what he's done in just the 2010s, it's like, I don't, I don't see why he's not mm-hmm. just there, <laughs> period. Uh, and then the same with Nikki. I don't know why she's just not there. Like, but 
I wouldn't make it a five because I want cold air. But nevertheless, uh, that kind of just throws me over into my next question, man. Let's go. Fantasy. You know, we have, I think we all pretty much came to a standard of green who those top people were during the 2010s. Um, but now, hey, we fans of music. So let's get to it, man. Let's let's completely like erase the entire Mount, Mount Rushmore of what we see at this current moment. Mm-hmm. Who is your Mount Rushmore? And I, I don't know if y'all want to do 2010s or if y'all just want to do period. Uh, who will be your Mount Rushmore on a personal level? Because, you know, like uh, Stanley said before, Without a without a firm bit of criteria, we can go on forever of like who should be on this Mount Rushmore. Um, we've seen people say future. <laughs> yeah. We've seen people say uh, trying to Lil think. Wayne. Uh, yeah, we've seen people Ross. Say Wayne Ross. I mean, who you got? And we'll let G go last this time. I want to formulate it all together. <laughs> Stanley, your first uh, who you got? Yeah, man. So, you know, overall, like Mount Rushmore for hip hop, that one is hard. Yeah. Four people for all of hip hop is 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 so hard because of how much hip hop has transformed from when it started to now. And if you think about, again, the traditional sense of a route, Mount Rushmore, then it has to be like forefathers, right? These are, these are the early days that were laying the fabric of what we love and appreciate today. So it's hard to have anybody recent on a Mount Rushmore to, for me, for hip hop overall, because it's just like, well, you, you can't, you can't have a Drake without a Kanye. You can't have a, a Kanye with without a, a Jay-Z and, and some other artists. And you can't have a Jay-Z, so you keep going back. So then, then you're pretty much looking at like the first few like important acts of, of hip hop. Um, but then for, for me, my personal preference of like who represents like all of hip hop, um, I put Snoop up there and a lot of people would dismiss me for, for Snoop because I don't think enough people respect Snoop. But when you want to talk about somebody that even still today is relevant from a, from a music perspective and beyond, Snoop was a gangster rapper on trial for murder. And you fast forward today and he got a, a show with Martha Stewart. He was hosting a game show and like all of the different stuff. And he's been able to st- like still have good music throughout this, that whole time. Not a lot, again, a lot of people just dismiss uh, Snoop Dogg. They don't really like put him up there because he's not necessarily considered someone that's extra lyrical or whatever. But you want to talk about quality music, how to ride a beat, how to sound good and be consistent and then to do it for a long period of time. I, I, I hold Snoop in, in a very high regard. Um, obviously, you, you got to have Jay-Z just out of respect for the game. I I wasn't initially a big Jay-Z fan. It took me some years to really get into Jay-Z. But I, I respect like the fact that Jay-Z is one of the few really big time rappers, especially at his, at his time where he was at his, the, the true height, like in the late 90s, early 2000s where 
his he didn't have any restrictions on what type of artist he would work with. Back in the day, a lot of people was just like, I'm only rapping on East Coast stuff. I'm only rapping mm-hmm. on West Coast stuff. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z has rapped with all of your favorite rappers. And mm-hmm. that's something that I think is a quality that not a lot of the biggest artists have. And that's something I really appreciate, Jay-Z. Like, I can go, all of my favorite rappers got a track with Jay-Z. And that speaks volumes to, like, how much people respect his craft and his ability. So got to have Jay-Z up there. Um, Golly, man. It it, it gets hard after that for me (laughs) because, you know, again, you you talk about, like, impact. And, I I mean, it's – I don't – it's it's the, the the default is obviously Tupac and Biggie, and and as much as I want to like have them up there, I just it's tough because then it's just like okay, well, what about Rakim? Mm-hmm. And what about LL Cool J? Because LL Cool J was very important to like being being like a, a crossover of I can I can rap hardcore, but I can still pack out arenas and have women coming just as much as men coming to the show and being hype about it. And and Rock Kim just from like you know just the bars that he spit. You you talk about all your favorite rappers, their favorite person. Rock Kim is always on their list as like somebody that heavily influenced them. And then you throw in Nas, and like from a lyrical standpoint, it's like man, how do you leave off Nas? Even though I would argue Nas doesn't have as many like hits. And the range is a little bit limited. I feel like he's kind of a narrow, like a pure, you're a pure hip hop person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, for, for me, if it was my personal preference of a Rush, Mount Rushmore, it'd probably be Jay-Z, Snoop, Pac, and Biggie with 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 some possibles that you could sub out for, for Pac. Because I feel like Pac is maybe transcends hip hop a little bit and is more of, would be there more from the culture aspect. I feel like Pac's, impact was more cultural than it was music. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just like, he brought poetry. He brought a a different level of consciousness. He brought the, I'm going to, I'm going to share the stories that you don't normally hear in music from our community. And I'm going to bring it onto a track and make you dance to it or think, you know, but you're going to, but you're going to hear it. But when you think about like, just like, I don't know. I, I look at Pac as almost like he's not even a hip hop artist. He's just like the hood poet. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, man. So it's it's a tough poet. one for me, man. It's tough. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Yo, number two, what you got? Um, Jay Z. Okay. Jay Z has done a, a lot of things for the game, and also as far as like moving people to think past just rapping. I think he's you know from like his business ventures to investments he's made to his wife, you know, to choose like just the people that he chose to be around and stuff like that. Um, Outcast. I am a true fan of Outcast. Um, Outcast. <laughs> that's okay, Stanley. They should be there. They should be there on mine. They definitely it's should two be. two people though. But, <laughs> but their group, like it's, it's like, it's hard for me and I get what you're saying, Stanley, because it's like you're taking from like years, like what is this, 40, 40 years now of, yeah. of, of, of hip hop and you trying to break it down to four to find the most whatever you're looking at. But just from, for me, I do everything from a fan standpoint, from what I like, I personally like. 
That's why I'd be like, man, yeah, y'all, y'all come with better things than I do because I'm just looking at it from what I like to listen to. Um, but Jay Z, Outcast, um, just because of what Outcast did for the South. You know, I know you had A Ball and MJG. I know you had uh, UGK and all of those groups. Uh, uh, Master, uh, Master P is another one I will put up there. I just thought about that. Master P and what he had done for like my childhood, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that fourth one, man, it's tough. Like, I go back to Biggie and Pac because I tie them together. Like, for me, their careers are tied together. Yep. Biggie doesn't get as big if it wasn't for Pac, and Pac doesn't get as big if it wasn't for Biggie. I think they both can stand alone. Like, don't get me wrong, both of these guys were very talented, but in the end, I think they're, uh, because of the beef that happened, because of how they um, were killed and everything, I think forever they are tied together, and that did something to the game as well, so I would I would tie them together and put that, or, you know, you can say the East Coast, West Coast beef if you want to, but I would definitely put Biggie and Pac up there together. Man, I'm just visualizing your mouth with Rushmore. It's going to be like Jay, and there's going to be a logo for Outkast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, you got to put their faces, man. They got to have the two faces. I, I think that's why I didn't throw them on there because it didn't even, because like I was just thinking about individuals. And yeah. so I didn't even yeah. group Outkast as an individual. But you're right, man. Like Outkast should should be there, but it's hard because again, it's Mount Rushmore. It's right. only supposed to be four faces. So what you do? You put the, you put the two faces together like a. Put them half and half. Yeah, half yeah. And half. Jay-Z and, uh, get them off there. Like Jay and R. Kelly when they had the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, that's the fun thing about this whole discussion. It's like, all right, what are the how far can we go? You know, what does yours look like? What does yours look like? You know, I don't think it's ever a wrong answer because it's all subjective. Uh, which leads me to G, because I know G has probably a Mount Rushmore that is like probably incredible that I probably wouldn't even thought of. Yeah, or it might be I similar would. to all of us. Nah, he's, he's a lot of pressure on you, Greg. I hope you come in with something good. They put a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> they did put a lot of pressure on me, man. Like, I'm just supposed to be this amazing thinker and shit. But like, you are, um, though. You are, though. <laughs> like, like, bro, why can't you just have four niggas, bro? Like, <laughs> just have four niggas and get help. <laughs> oh, no, man. But, if I'm thinking about a, a Mount Rushmore specifically for the purposes of what we doing right now, I'm gonna come. At, I'm gonna come at it from the perspective of myself as a rapper and like people who like inspire me to want to rap. People who when I listen to their shit or I go to listen to their shit when I decide I make a song or something like that. Um, and so mine would definitely have to start with Outkast. Like I would definitely do Outkast first because. At the time when I first started to rap, I think those were the people I was listening to the most because I was coming late to the game because I had not really been around for when they they were making their runs in the 90s and the 2000s. I was still young, um, but I was like a freshman or a sophomore in college, and I was going back to retroactively pick up mm-hmm. on some of the shit that they had laid down. And so I was like amazed to, to listen to some of the things that they had because I knew about them. I mean, I grew up hearing fucking sorry Miss Jackson and 
and yeah. roses and shit like that. But I never thought to like really go in and see who these people are, see mm-hmm. what they're about, what kind of stuff they're really talking about in their albums. Um, so definitely Outkast would go in there because I just like what they bring to the table. Like, I think if, if there's an act that you can put on the table and say, if you didn't have anything else to give to somebody to say, what is hip hop? You're going to get everything just out of just putting that act on the table. You're going to get everything that you need to know. You're going to get hits. You're going to get lyricism. You're going to get like diversity. You're going to get everything that you fucking need out of that one period is the end. Um, so Outcast was starting off. Um, I think when I was going through that same period, like I said, I was heavy on Lupe Fiasco at that time. Um, and I, I know he's a derivative of a lot of people that came before him as far as like what his lyricism looks like. But I think at this point, with shit like Mural, this nigga has like taken himself to a whole nother level <laughs> as far as what you can do with words. Like how you can look at using words to paint pictures, which is where you get like the name Mural. But like you get so much that don't even make sense to you until you for real dissect it if you mm-hmm. listening to a Lupe fiasco. Um, so after him, I'd have to go the Tommy route and do Big Crit. Just because I, I don't know of any other artist that I related to personally as much as I relate to listening to Big Crit. Like, I hear so much Greg <laughs> in those lyrics. I'd be like, nigga, yes, I know this. I know that. I know this. Like, yes, yes, we are the same, nigga. We are the same. Especially when it comes to, like, just his affinity for, like, car music. Like, music that should be played in your fucking car. Because that's how that's how I always have um, digested my music. Like you said, Stanley, it's like you got to do the car test, bro. Like you got to you you do, do the car test. test. You cannot listen to an album just in headphones or just in the speakers in your house or just at the club. Like you got to have a car. You got to be rolling down the street, seeing people and shit. Like you got to get that experience. That's how we fucking digest music. Like where I'm from here in South, um, and so. A fourth person, I, this was where it's hard. Because uh, I, I don't really know who to put there. Because it's, it's other people who have had an impact. Um, like, I'd like to put somebody like J. Cole, because I did listen to J. Cole a lot when I was, like, in college. And I've continued to listen to him. But I don't know if it's the same. as Like, I don't think it's been consistently the same about um, over the time that I've been listening to him. So it would, it would kind of be hard that I would... Right now, I'm going to say he's going to hold that spot tentatively <laughs> until, <laughs> until I can for real think about it and be like, all right, I got a real reason for why this person is supposed to go there. Because um, I just would have to consider so many people at that point. And it's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who else I would put there. Because those other three people, I think they kind of, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I got it. Slice that. Sorry, Cole. I'm going to put currency right there. Mm. Because this nigga, Currency, is somebody that like, I feel like my journey with listening to Currency was a trip. Because it was like, I didn't want to listen to him. Like, I just didn't want to listen to his ass. Like, with where the cash at and the shit he was doing with Wayne and stuff, he was always, to me, like, third when we talk about, like, the beginning of the young money where you got, like, Lil Wayne, Mac Man, Currency, them niggas. And it's like, 
I was looking at that like currency, the boring nigga that come on at the end. Like I don't, I don't really want to hear the currency nigga. I just I want to hear Lil Wayne. I want to hear Back Pain. Then here go currency coming in for his shit. Uh, but then over time, when he started to like pair up with with some of the people that I liked, like he started working with um, Wiz a lot. <laughs> like Wiz kind of drew me in when I first got to college and shit. And I started listening to some of the stuff that Wiz was putting out. And I was like, this nigga got something going, but then he teamed up with Currency and it just like took the experience to a different level because I always felt like Currency was a more lyrical rapper than Wiz. Um, and I thought that he had a better way of structuring his flows and stuff, even though it's kind of unorthodox and, and it, it don't make sense at first. But after you listen to it and you start to catch his pockets and shit, you be like, oh, I see what this nigga doing. I see what he's doing there. Um, and then also Currency introduced me to a lot of shit. Um, like following his career, through the 2010s and shit with him like working with Dame Dash and, and working with like them niggas in New York, it kind of allowed me to have different appreciation for that kind of music. Because up until that point, I ain't give a fuck about nothing that wasn't coming from South. I ain't give a shit. Like, <laughs> keep that shit in New York, keep that shit on the West Coast, like keep all that shit. But like him working with some of those people and like even to this day, now he worked with like this nigga named Larry June from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And like I, I see how that stuff fits in and I see how like we have similarities to things, uh, things that I can relate to from these areas um, with these artists he's worked with. Um, and then just consistency sake, like just something that inspires you to continue to fucking go. Like this nigga has, I think when, when we did an episode, they said he had put out like his 93rd project or some shit. Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck? Has ninety three fucking projects and why? <laughs> I was gonna ask you, Greg. I was gonna ask you, like, how many? Like, have you got through all of his projects? Have Hell you actually no. listened? To- <laughs> Hell no. Like, it's, and that's the good thing about currency is like you can like take some time off and then just pick up where you left off, and it, it's fine. You don't have to go listen to everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's gonna be consistent. It's not like you gonna miss some shit. He gonna do something different that you like. Damn, I wish I would have caught that shit. Like, no, he going to still do that shit that he was going to do in 2018. He's going to do that shit in 2021. Just over some different beats, maybe with a couple new artists. This is going to still be the same guy doing his thing. But, yeah, that'll be my Mount Rushmore. The Outkast. Um, I said Outkast, Big Crit, Currency, and uh, that other person I just said. Lupe. Lupe Fiesta. Man. See, I told you. I told you. Didn't, didn't let me down at all. <laughs> at all, so, man. And that's the and once again, man, that's the cool thing about a list because you know with Thomas you get that that fan perspective. Um, with Stan, I, I really think you get this analytical, deep thought, and consideration perspective that it that is uh that you just you gotta have. And then with G, that unapologetic Southern that artist you know that artist view on you know. <clears throat> I had to put the unapologetically Southern because he says, yeah. but also that artist, <laughs> that rapper's perspective that he's able to give uh, with me. And, and that's a great thing because it's going to be to your, to your perspective. So uh, everybody who's listening, Hey, down in the comments, if y'all don't mind, throw us your, uh, throw us your Mount Rushmore. Um, I guarantee it's probably going to be a bunch of different ones uh, based on everybody's uh 
you know what I'm saying, personal likes. With me, I worked in the business for 10 plus years. Uh, I've been listening to music for all my life. Tony would tell you, I probably introduced him to all of the music that he's listening to, <laughs> except for a few, except for that that brief time of when we went to college and nobody talked to each other and then we came back. Uh, <laughs> yep, um, yep. For me, it, it's, it's, I look at my Mount Rushmore of the people who, if the game, if they were never here, would the game still be the same? Uh, that's kind of how I look at mine uh, from a business perspective and then also um, from an artist perspective and everything around. Uh, mine will probably consistently change as the game continues. But if I have to, if I have to put four people on that Mount Rushmore, uh, mine would consist of Master P. Uh, cause I think what Master P did was revolutionary. And I think if he didn't do that, I don't think the South would be where it is today. Uh, I think we'll still be underground, um, but mm-hmm. I think Master P's success took everything. That gave you a cash money. That gave you a little Wayne. That gave you a uh, tip, Jeezy. That 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 gave you the South. Uh, yeah. And that's no discredit to anyone that was, uh, you know, from Rap A Lot, ABOMJG, any Memphis music, any uh, Atlanta music. It's just what P did you know what I'm saying, was a blueprint for a lot of other folks to be able to do the same. Um, and he sold a lot of records. Let's be honest. They sold a lot of records. Uh, uh, maybe not the most lyrical, but yet still they made a, a tremendous impact. Uh, <clears throat> from there, uh, for my rap, Mount Rushmore, of course, I would have to put Jay on there. Uh, Jay-Z. I know some people will say, well, you know, what about Big? And, and what about, you know, uh, Rakim, Eric B. What about Africa Bambaataa and things like that? But I think, I think Jay, you know, where is Jay at now to where Jay was then? Uh, Business wise, you get Rockefeller. You see some of the dopest lyricists ever. You meet Dame Dash, which gives you, which later on gives you probably uh, at a certain point. Cause we still got to say, you know, cash even currency was on no limit for, for a time yeah, that I think about, it was. but you know, you get Dame dash with, then you get state property, you get, you get all this incredible stuff. And then you, you get a Kanye, you know what I'm saying? I think Jay's really instrumental in pushing the game forward business wise, music wise. Uh, and therefore, so I would have to put Jay Z up there as well. Um, from there, uh, of course the last two are always, the toughest uh, ones to put <laughs> on there, but I would have to put, I, this is my personal list and I would have to put Eminem on there. Uh, reason being, I think M, I think M was the reason why people started really wanting to, why people really wanted to rap, you know? Uh, and I, I'll be honest, I think it was the part of it where you got a white boy coming in here slaying everything and it's like, okay, hold up. <laughs> this is our sport. We, you know, I, I think he elevated the game to a certain degree because from there you get a 50 cent, you get a G unit, um, you get D 12, uh, you, the re like the rebirth of Dr. Drake, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, um, as well. Um, so I, I really think that he, he doesn't get enough credit. I think he does belong up there now, you know, we can, we can argue about some other things later, but I think as far as pushing the game forward, I think Eminem has a place uh, within that. Um, and then from there, man, that last person, like G always said, man, that's the hardest thing because I have like at least three people I can put in there. Um, 
I want to put Dr. Dre in there, <laughs> but I don't know if Dr. I don't know if Dr. Dre pushed. I know Dr. Dre pushed it forward to a certain extent because, of course, you don't get a Snoop, you don't have NWA, you don't have so much. But there is a point where I think Dr. Dre got so much of a perfectionist that we haven't heard from him in years. Uh, so, man, the fourth the fourth one is always the most difficult because you're looking around and like, all right. Who else just really pushed the game forward? Who put, um, who, if they wasn't here, would the game be the same? And for me, shoot. Crap, man, I don't know. Um, I really don't. I really don't know. Um, that's that's probably a really hard one. Uh, I would love to really say, I kind of want to put, Pac in there um, only because it's the weird thing with Pac right he you know he's an east coast rapper but when he goes to the west it's like this whole resurgence of the west but yet he's not actually from there <laughs> you know but yet the contributions that Pac put in there from you know acting uh, rapping and all of that uh, but then again once again I can always take Pac out and put LL Cool J right there to be like, all right, if there's one person who, if you look at it, is a bona fide legend and, and and did some amazing things on pushing the game to the next level, LL Cool J would definitely be in the running for that uh, just based off of what he was able to do, creating an entirely another uh, voice and lane that, uh, you know, people uh, still to this day probably um, – you know what I'm saying? Uh, shoot, I lost the word for it. Capitalize on. That's what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's that fourth one is always a tough one for me because uh, I can even put, you can put Run DMC there because uh, they, I mean, the Adidas shoe deal, uh, the crossover hit with Aerosmith. Um, there's so many people that you can put in there. I'll let the, man, i let the people in the comments, man. Who should I put as my fourth? Uh, but for now, I would, I would put, I would put P, Eminem, and J at the moment and then we can play with the four we can, yeah. we can alternate uh wow. and see where it goes yeah. but yeah man, that's it for me i don't have no more questions <laughs> i'm really like you know i think we covered it uh yeah. other than that all we can say is who you who would you not want to see on there <laughs> but i don't want to alienate anybody in the game no. i think everybody who works hard uh um deserves to be on someone's list somewhere. Mm, so yeah. if y'all ain't got no more, I ain't got no more. And Tommy, you can close us out. All right. Um, man, this episode has been fun, man. I want to say thank you, Stanley. Thank y'all for us, letting man. me hop on here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, you know, I, I was excited when we started talking about it. And of course, you know, your name came up because of, what we was talking about with Crit and everything, man. And and I always enjoy talking to you, Stanley, man. You you always bring a different perspective to a lot of things. So I appreciate you for that as well, man. I look forward to us all linking up some point in time in the future, man. So it's always a good time with the old Stan Dingo. <laughs> My man. But um Hey, once again, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Speaker Geekers podcast. If you haven't already, please go subscribe to the channel. 
Um, also, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts via Google Podcasts, uh, via uh, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Spotify, wherever you listen to. Um, go subscribe so you can hear the new episode every Tuesday. Um, if you haven't already, please go follow uh, the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Speaker Geekers Podcast, as well as you can follow me on Instagram at I am Tommy T the third. You got Steve at the great Steve O Steve, and you got Greg at instantly underscore G Stanley. Would you let the people know where they can follow you at? And oh, uh, uh, you, you know, you know what? I, I that's 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 a tough that's a tough one for me to answer. I didn't got to the point in my life where I don't really care about having followers on social media. I get on social media to laugh at funny stuff, to go. keep up with the with the youth and and what's happening in the world, and uh, the, to talk about music and, and movies, man. But uh, I mean, my I think my my Instagram name is is Dingo the King. I don't know even know if my profile is open. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Look, I, I'm getting on social media. If it ain't funny, if it ain't about music or movies, I'm no, probably I'm not on. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but I'll come back to the podcast if the, if the people want me. If y'all will man. let me, I'd love to come on here and talk about anything, man. I, I'm I got plenty of opinions about a lot of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. man, you're welcome anytime, man. Um, I think I hit everything. You guys got anything else you want to say? Hey, you think somebody put plies on their list? This nigga always somebody. <laughs> this man was plies. Tommy with Bussy baby. <laughs> Steve with plies. <laughs> man, we ain't found Greg's yet. <laughs> I ain't got one. Damn it! <laughs> somebody out there. I, I, oh somebody. man. That's too funny. Somebody gonna put Soldier Boy in, and you could you could argue you could argue Soldier yeah, Boy. Yeah. You could argue Soldier Boy. You don't yeah, have you a can. lot of like, the. Brad, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a lot of the digital age if mm-hmm. you know. So so if if Crank That doesn't get as big as it does on YouTube, so that, that's a very good point. I think a yeah. lot of people kind of. Yeah. yeah, they 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 skim over that man. There would be no influencers if it wasn't for for Soldier Boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. crap. That's true. Put Uncle mm. Luke on the list. Maybe Uncle Luke should be on the list. <laughs> it's that's it's a tough man. Yeah. Four people. That's why yeah. you got to do something like decades or right, right. you have to break you it up. Some you criteria. Get, you you got to have some criteria. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that being said, guys, I'm out. Peace. Peace. Peace out.